Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of Bottom of the Bill. We got our boy Brady Clampett on today. That's right. Thanks for being here hey today, man. Appreciate it. Hey, man. How you been? Good. All right. We got to do our, do our obligatory cheers yeah, before we get started here. He's got here. the reach around. Daddy He's got juice. the reach around. Daddy juice. Cheers. cheers what did you guys. say? Daddy cheers? Daddy juice. Daddy juice. Oh. All right. So before we get started, do, uh, we got to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Spliffs over in downtown. Uh, Wicked Barley Brewery in Mandarin, Brews over in Riverside, Harleston Scotch Company, a great scotch company here in Florida if you're into scotch, Sidecar over in San Marco, Captain Jack's Smokehouse, and then uh, up in Fernandina, and then our newest sponsor, Blue Jay Listening Room. Yeah. Be sure to go support all these people, especially Blue Jay. They're working real hard right now to keep the whole thing going. It's a great venue in Jack's Beach, and yeah. Jack's Beach definitely that's, needs that's it. Happening. Um, also, if you got uh, any questions or suggestions or unpopular opinions, uh, bottom of the bill at gmail.com. You can reach out and we'll we'll get That's that part. Before. What about unpopular, unpopular, unpopular opinions? Yeah, oh, yeah, we do, right. do at the end of we'll every, every the episode. What well, do we get? How was our family looking like this week? Uh, none. None. Zero. Yeah, none. Sounds about right. <laughs> and then uh, we have a show coming up at 1904 Music Hall, November 21st. We just added Chuck Majid to the show, so that's going to be a fun one. Make sure you get your tickets now. Uh, and then that's about all I have to promote. Bill, you got anything to promote? No. No. Kind of depressed. No. No. <laughs> really? You don't have any of the shows no, coming up either? That's why I'm here today. That's why you're here today. <laughs> just, just, just fucking hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. No, I really don't. I wanted to do this for a while, so I'm glad I'm here either way. But I oh, do yeah, have man. something to promote. Talk about <laughs> it. single that's coming out, Daydreaming, uh, this Friday. Uh, Watch it. By the time this airs, it'll be it'll, out. It'll be so. Sunday, right? Yeah, it'll be okay, Sunday. Okay, so yeah. it's available now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll update the graphics, I'm sure, on like uh, fr- uh, Thursday night. Um, but yeah, new single. We've been working on it. Um, and I wrote this song about four years ago and just made the demo, and it just was one of the songs that wrote itself really fast. Oh, I love those songs. I mean, <clears throat> just came. It was just fluid and good. And I've, I've literally rocked that demo for like four years. I'm just like, man, it's, I really want to do something with this. But, you know, and, and it just came around time with things shutting down with COVID for, um, uh, you know, an opportunity to kind of put some of this other stuff out. Um, so I'm excited about that because this is the first track off the next album. And uh, it was co-produced with John Lumpkin. Here in town, he's an FSU graduate. And, uh, awesome, great drummer, producer, plays a lot of stuff too. But um, and then it features the Terminus Horns out of Atlanta, some of my buddies, and uh, it just really, really killed the track. Is um, the demo was good, you know? It was just like I'm sitting there, you know, loving this song because it was such an easy, you know. I just can't. It was, it was a, it was a, you know, it was a full course meal sitting there on a plate you know for a songwriter you know sometimes it comes in 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 separate courses yeah 100 you know? percent. oh yeah that's yeah. fine so when i when i was you know from <clears throat> the conception time to now is just it's kind of you know surreal thinking about you know what it was and you know sitting around on the beach and being inspired and just you know buying a ukulele and then now i've written this song now you know now this song has become this beautiful piece of music you know that's been uh, collaborated on with these other musicians and um, I'm just really excited about that and really excited about the chance to, to maybe get out there and play some shows next spring yeah and, um, you plan on going on the road with this album yeah 
Yeah, definitely looking to do some stuff in, in either the spring or, you know, as, as late as summer for a full release. But I'm definitely going to drop some singles and some, some goodies in the next couple months that, uh, with Daydreaming. Awesome, man. I'm stoked to hear it, honestly. Maybe, maybe I'll announce some of that here today. Yeah. <laughs> we'll drop, drop the goodies today. Drop some <laughs> goodies, Good bro. Idea. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I do want to ask you – well, first off, it's crazy that you were able to listen to a demo – for four years of a tune and and not get tired of hearing it you know what i mean yeah that was the main thing that, that's that's why you know that's how you know it's a good tune because we're we're uh almost done with our album and i've listened to these songs countless times by now and i don't want to hear any of them at, anymore at the ever again i'm yeah. pretty much over it it's not even out yet i'm overhearing it well you know that's <laughs> that's the other part of the album process and, and or the recording process for the song or the album once once you've that, you know, yeah, yeah, I was, you know, hanging on the demo for a while, but once you've actually gone into the studio and worked on those tunes meticulously over and over and just sh- reshaped your parts or just heard them and, and then go, then you, then you get everything tracked and you go to the mixing session and you're listening for another, you know, few countless days hours, or, you know, yeah. a couple of weeks, countless hours over weeks. And, and then by then, by the time it's mastered, you're like, do I really have to listen to it again? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm done with the song. But um, even even now though, I'm I'm ready to play it live. I think is the thing I'm looking forward to. It is just doing, you know, bringing this stuff to life with with the rest of the the stuff that's going to be on the album this summer. Awesome, man. Well, I'm definitely stoked to hear. I check, I was checking out the album you put out a few years back, and is it in a similar vein to that, or is it going to be? Are you going for a completely different thing with this one? It's more mature, but it's um it's coming from the same place. It's really rootsy and soulful, and there's elements of, you know, blues and Motown and, and soul and jazz and, and a little bit of uh, country and rock. Awesome. Um, I, we'll, we'll limit it to that right now. But it's, you know, I, I, it's going to be basically the best songs that I've, I've written in the last six years, some, some that were kind of, you know, maybe, maybe seven-ish, eight years old that haven't. You know, I haven't had a chance to do the album and do some of this stuff. So, um, but it's stuff I've been playing live. People will be familiar with some of the stuff, and it's mainly that that roots rock, you know, type of vibe. Awesome, man. Well, I'm stoked to hear it for sure. Yeah. Um, so, what kind of want to go back a little bit uh, to kind of like the beginning of everything? I'm re- now. I'm reading your notes here. You see my notes now? Because <laughs> uh, you play uh, several instruments. Uh, what what was your first uh, instrument? Okay. All right, we're gonna we're gonna dive in real quick here. Shane and Shauner and uh, Steve are gonna enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was um, I was a band nerd. In let's see, sixth grade, I started playing alto sax. Oh, nice. And I was in symphonic band, and I, I ended up playing a little bit of soprano in jazz band. And uh, picked up guitar instead of taking guitar and piano lessons around that time. Um, but I grew up singing in church, and and then you know after singing a little bit in choir in church as a kid, just in the in the car singing to the radio all the time, trying to trying to do harmonies and just I you know a lot of that came to me naturally maybe from singing in church and yeah. the way stuff is structured um, musically. <clears throat> so, uh, but I think. When I when I started playing guitar, I kind of I didn't you know I made it through 
eighth grade playing for three years saxophone, but I really never touched it again. I'll pick it up at the house and stuff like that and mess around sometimes. But, uh, you know, it was just guitar and song, songwriting for me from there. And, and I really didn't pick up with uh, the piano again till um, I guess a little bit before I was going to Berkeley. I was like, oh, well, there's these, you know, these theory classes and, you know, this basic piano that they want you to learn with the, the harmony and stuff. So I better better brush up a little bit. And that's kind of where I reconnected. Um, my, my good buddy, Matt Link, gave me a, an organ to take to, to Boston so I could have something to practice on. It was a 35 or $40 organ that we picked up. Somewhere. Nice. <laughs> and so I had something to work on immediately when I got there. I just, you know. From there, got the gig with Levi Lowry, um, playing Clay Cook's parts from the Zach Brown band, and really just tried to just be the best that I could as, so you, as, as a learner. You played with Zach Brown band? No, um, no. I what I had to do is learn the parts of Clay Cook. Oh, okay, I got who, you. Who he actually played on Levi's record, but he plays with the Zach Brown band. Okay, I see. I see. So, you know, it was a challenge to learn that stuff in like three weeks, and then go do the CD release. Uh, run with Levi in his band um, but that was kind of that was I would say that was the main thing that you know that's when I went out and bought a Nord I'm like okay well I got a gig this is was, I gotta learn this, these songs and you know it was a cool time in my life like alright cool this, this is just new and different but you know I think I can do this and I set my mind to it and went out there and did it what Nord did you have? Um, I think I bought an Electro 4 <sighs> D at the time okay and then, I, like, I'm still rocking Electro 3 because oh, I'm poor. Well, my, <laughs> mine have bitten the dust, and I'm luckily I had insurance. And like a couple times when they've been knocked over on stage, like somebody um, has bought me a new one graciously. <laughs> when oh, yeah, way to go. That's the way to get one. Yeah. It's, you know, and, and then insurance, you know, always helps in that case. But I think, you know, it, I had the four, and then I had the five, and then the five <laughs> took a spill. Jesus. On tour, <laughs> and then now I've got the. the That's six. really weird, man. Because like I I I gig with an Electro Three, and I I got it back in like 2012. And uh, sometimes the only thing that's wrong with it is like the touch sensitivity goes out. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like it's They're solid. It's been the best, and then they weigh like 20 pounds tops, like the and so uh, how how do how do you break them? I can't I can't figure out how to break them. If you're on the road and it's going through a lot of shit, you know, you're playing. Saying, yeah, I've, I've, you know. I've had one go flying off of a keyboard stand, and the other one had, like, a, f- a full drink poured down, Ooh. knocked over. In, okay, in well, time. that'll do it. Yeah, that'll do <laughs> it. Um, uh, uh, you know who uh, yeah. Todd Stoops is from uh, Kung Fu? Uh, yeah. Keyboard, keyboardist. Uh, uh, I saw him play at Jackrabbits one time, and I've never seen anybody do this, and it, like, made my, like, just heart sink as soon as he did it. But he figured out a way where you hold the sustain pedal, and you pick up the Nord. Like like this, and just slap it back down onto the ground, and it makes the craziest sound you've ever heard. Just hold a sustain down. I I no I just it, it's like it just it just makes the I don't know how else to describe it. It just makes all of the piano notes go at once. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's like hitting all the keys in the piano at one right, time. At once. But you yeah, the like way a, to do it is to pick it up and slam it like a, down like a piano slamming down. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I thought that was crazy. Those those electros, man. The the Workhorses. the Norwegians know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> or Swedish. I don't know where Nord's from. I, I, I thought it was Norwegian. That I makes don't know. sense. Anyway, no it's idea. a very versatile board. I guess is the best thing about it. And for you know just to to be able to have really good sounds and I guess a single board. I, I yeah. S- that's why guys have been going towards us. I think. 
Um, so before you went to Berkeley, were you taking lessons at all, or were you uh, playing in bands or doing stuff around town? I actually did. I, like I said, I was trying to brush up on my music theory because I, I really didn't study too much with guitar, and uh, I quit lessons once I started playing in bands, and I was like 15 when I started professionally playing uh, gigs. And um, I really just kind of was, was trying to get back into music notation and like remembering what I learned. And so I did take some lessons before I went with a local guy, Tommy Bush, who's a, just an absolute, one of the best guitar players in, this, in the city um, and a great teacher. Um, but so I was, I was trying to get brushed up as much as I could before I went back up there. And it was uh, a grueling eight, um, an eight uh, semester guitar proficiency. And it's just leveled out in chunks, you know, all the way up. And it's just, you know, you're doing melodic minor and this, you know, some some other stuff thrown in on this one. But it's a, it's a very uh, rigid structure. But it's it's good um, if you can get through it, you know. It's, yeah, totally. Should and and then and then the hard part is, you know, trying to apply the, all that stuff later. You know, you learn it and then you try to put it in the real world. That's always my biggest problem. Is like I know how to play. Like, I know all the modes of my major scale. I know the harmonic minor, the melodic minor. I know mm-hmm. the modes of that. But it's just a matter of, like, improvising when it's necessary. Like, if, if someone tells you to play a Phrygian mode, it's not a problem for you to do that. But when it comes time to, like, put it in the right setting, mm-hmm. uh, my, my, I just don't know how to improvise in those, in those keys. You know what I mean? Those uh, scales. Yeah, it's, it's so much deeper than just... <clears throat> You know, learning how to solo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you just got to feel it out, man. You just got to feel yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah. just gotta see, yeah, so well, that's a good, have, that's a good place have, to start. Yeah, you don't have any feelings, though. Yeah. You know? Right, because I'm reptilian. I was a reptilian No, joke. It, I wasn't even general. a reptilian joke. It was just, you know. Just, I just don't have any feelings. You just got to relax a little bit and just feel it out. Yeah. That's what I do. Well, yeah. I'm really good. At, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not well-versed on anything really oh we know that but yeah. uh, uh i can feel i can feel it out well <laughs> you know and that's kind of my deal it's just a, time. i know it's been working for you berkeley seems like it was i, I it was started dope. with all feel i was just mainly a blues guy that's what i love so i was <clears throat> okay my like first three was like uh stevie ray vaughn bb king buddy guy that's kind of like my three <clears throat> and then some of those records i was just listening to over and over and just playing along and you know, also doing that with country and stuff that uh, you know, Montgomery Gentry band. Yeah. Some, you know, some of uh, some of their their first record, Tattoos and Scars, was one that I was like, oh, just a ton of <clears throat> minor pentatonic, major pentatonic stuff, and it's just laid out really well for you to just kind of go back and try to pick it out and feel it out. But it is all about the feel. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, if you can feel it. Preaching the choir over here, but <laughs> you, I don't know. <laughs> You have no feeling when you play. That is not true. This guy, the time is just a suggestion for Billy. Absolutely. You know what I mean? it's like suggested guys, time. Yeah. It's just, just a suggestion. It's one of those that's things. That's a great band name. Where it's like that is suggested good. time. Yeah. That is good. <laughs> um, anyways. Um, so when you first started playing, before you were learning all like the soloing and, and theory stuff, were you writing songs first, or were you actually trying to like, be a guitar player first. Yeah, I, I was writing songs. I was always messing around with with songwriting when I started <clears throat> playing guitar. I remember like 
one of the first songs I tried to write. <laughs> I can sing here right now. You hear yeah, do it. <laughs> it was a summer <laughs> when we first met. You know, that's how it went. And it was just like, you know, like a probably like a C7, you know, right there at the 8th fret. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Michael, Michael. Uh, I'll sing more Brian Adams. George right? Michael Faith, you know, kind of a ripoff. Okay, that's, <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that's a good so, one. So, yeah, I mean, I was messing around and writing lyrics and stuff. And I've always really dug poetry, uh, even through grade school. So, I yeah, I started keeping little lyric books. I have a bunch of crap that I'll eventually either burn or throw away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel that I was going through some of my old lyric books from like high school the other day. I just found them randomly, and I was mm-hmm. like, "What was I thinking? Yeah, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shit's wild, man. So I want to read that. Yeah, no, I should have brought. We should have brought them to compare. <laughs> yeah. So some of it's actually really some of it. I was like, yeah, I wish I could still write like that. It's a lot of. Uh, 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 I'm on the outside. I'm looking in. Sorry, deal. No, yeah. it was While definitely Lincoln Park phases. Super, definitely super little, jaded. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was just angsty teenage shit. Angst, you know, yeah. what are you gonna do? <clears throat> and a lot of drugs were involved at the time, so it was just Ooh. like a lot of stuff that was writing under the influence of shit, or just like remembering <laughs> back and trying to like reference those experiences. So and edgy. Some of it was. <laughs> some of it, I'm looking back, and I was like, "That's I would never think to write that now." Main, oh, not mainly. Sometimes because it's, it's just so bad that I wouldn't write it now. Other times it's just like that was a really good line, and I just it wouldn't come to me now because my <laughs> imagination has been sucked away from the business of this. More whole of thing. a dust yeah. in the wind kind of guy now. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> that's, uh, one of the song, that's one of the lyrics in the yeah. songs that, that, that I wrote. Yeah. Dust in the wind. He thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, yeah, I'm into quoting. You know, like a a good lyric. You know, people you, do it on on, on guitar and guitar solos. Or yeah, solos he came up with it's, that. I did not think I came up with it. Well, now you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, but no, it's it is. It's a cool tip of the hat, you know. Like um, when it, when it makes sense, you know, throwing it in there. Something that's really a, a tip of the hat to your person that wrote that song that you admire. Yeah, for sure. I'm okay with it, Billy. I no, I am yeah, too. If you, you if you kind of like you like you like uh, uh, have like a. Uh, an allegory to it, but just taking the words "dust in the wind," I feel like that's stealing. I'm gonna have, to, that's, I'm gonna have to see this in that's context. Stealing, not you know, tip of the it's, hat. It is all about the context. That's taking the hat off. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's hear some of the words that you write to your songs. I have great words. I don't think so. I mean lyrics. How does it work? <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. What Can't about them? Uh, okay. uh, that was a detour. Yeah. So, did you? Uh, were, how long were you at Berkeley for? Um, two years. Two years. Okay. So you started in, in Jacksonville Community College or uh, Community yeah, College? Yeah, yeah. I was doing community college, working in construction, <clears throat> just doing doing the the, the Blake Bortles thing. Yeah. <laughs> working construction and ripping cigs. Yeah. I fucking love that quote. It's my favorite quote ever. Like, I mean, it's such that's what he's doing now. He's hanging drywall in Ocala. I'm telling you, it's not it's not a Wild. bad gig. No, it's not. Know? I mean, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and what and were you, you studying when you were there? Like, what was the program that you were in? Oh, I was actually doing. Uh, it's kind of a, um, what's it called? <laughs> it was kind of a pick your poison type of program. Okay. Um, I can't think of the name right off the the top of my head right now. Um, but I was able to pick some things. I was able to inf- put emphasis on songwriting. And kind of pick and choose the classes I wanted to, especially in my master. So I would I 
picked a little bit of business. <clears throat> did songwriting. I did um, theater. I did play uh, screenwriting. Okay. I did a script and wrote a BB King play. Oh, that's cool. awesome. Um, what's his name? Uh, Vernon Reed from. Uh, what's the band? I don't know. I know that name too, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking. It's a really good one, then, by the way. Yeah, it's um, really good. Vernon, of, Vernon Reed more? from the band that did the song Cult of Personality. Oh, oh. I know that song. Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, Living Color. Yeah, yeah Living Color. Right. There you go. Fuck. Okay. So, yeah, he um, he came in and was like our guest artist for the week, and we, we did a couple runs of the play after we wrote it. I was part of the class that wrote it, and then I actually acted in it, too. And, oh no uh, shit! Yeah. Are you BB King? No, I was. I was like, I was like, his Buster. I was about almost probably the weight that I am right now. <laughs> I was up there, um, but yeah, that was fun. So I, I really got to kind of dig into whatever I wanted to, and I think that benefited what I wanted to do with music, which was, you know, not necessarily just be a guitarist or not necessarily <clears throat> just be a singer songwriter. Um, kind of dabbling all these things, creative, you know, in the arts. Okay. And why did you decide to come back to Jacksonville afterwards? A lot of people tend to go to, like, New York or L.A. or Nashville or afterwards, you know, if they go there. Man, Jacksonville and Florida has just always been home to me. It's just It just always resonates with me um, as far as where, when I, if I ask myself the question, where do I want to be, where do I want to live? And growing up around here, I, re, I just am so in love with the nature and the, and the, the history um, you know, between my family and, um, and, and the other thing was at the time I was, I was ready to come back. There were some things going on, um, in my personal life that it was just time for me to come back. Yeah. So, so I came back to deal with that and, um, you know, it actually ended up being a good thing. I got hooked up with the guys that I did the album on Rich and Billy and Nico and, um, uh, you know, I've worked with, um, some of the some of them in the wedding band ever since and fostered all types of relationships so it was you know for me nashville was cool la eh, is not not for me um i think that was just i, w- I wanted to come back and really just do my own music so i figured that was that's how i could probably get it done is by coming back and just being where i'm comfortable and working and um, got back to gigging right away, and then I quit my job after uh, a few months of working for minimum wage at Chili's. It's definitely, I, I played you, a couple country gig, country club gigs, and you know made made the same on a Friday night as I would working forty hours a week. So I was I made the commitment at that point. I'm just like, <clears throat> whatever I've got to do to gig, that's what I'll do. If it's budget my three hundred dollars, get one gig a week. I'm gonna budget that three hundred dollars till I can you know, make this full-time switch, and I just had to have his time. <laughs> yeah, no, you know? I, I feel that. It's definitely easy to do that here, too. Like, it's a lot of work. There is a lot of work. Fernandina, Jacksonville, and St. Augustine, you get a lot of uh, weddings and, and private events, and, and then the bars just between the three areas just like. If you can play places. Jimmy Buffett, uh, there's, yeah. there's a lot of gigs. I've managed to somehow not play Jimmy Buffett at all in the five years that I've been here. What's wrong with you, man? Bro, I can't fucking stand How's that. How's it working oh out for gosh. us? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Bro, exactly. I'll tell you what. Before, tell you what. Before COVID, I was playing uh, five nights a week, sometimes twice a day. Some days, some, some, there were some weeks where I had nine gigs in a week. You know what I mean? It's like, I just, 
I don't play at the places where they want where they it's basically like where you're a jukebox. I don't play at those places. I, I never work out there. You know, but there's, there's always a lot of other places where you can kind of make it work. Where they're like, oh, I like that you do your own thing. That's where I, that's where I fit in. You know. Yeah. That's where, you're, here. where you're valued. Where I'm valued. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's not working out too well for me right now. Well, of course, it's not working out anywhere. <laughs> uh, so you know, whatever. Um, but uh, so w- you mentioned you were you were doing some some road stuff when you were up at Berkeley. Like you were on the road, like you were touring. Um, no, I wasn't touring while I was at Berkeley. I was strictly. <clears throat> um, I I did one thing with a friend of mine, Miggy Miller. We went to Houston and played a show with AJ, uh, Raphael, and um, that's that's pretty much the only thing. We were gigging around uh, Boston mostly, and just like being broke and you know living on a tight budget and going to class and <clears throat> jamming out in the rooms and just getting down on each other's recording projects. I didn't tour till after Berkeley a few years later. So the same guy as my buddy Lawrence uh, Nimmons. I met him and uh, Miggy at a a clinic at Berkeley um, for like uh, stage anxiety, performance anxiety. It's like building, you know, as a little yeah workshop to build confidence. Get up there and you get in front of the room. Let's all you know, let's all grow together. Basically, what it was looking back. That's cool. Yeah, and I met them there. One of the first weeks at Berkeley, became best friends, and um, that was a that was a connection that later on, you know, Lawrence called me up. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm working with this, you know, this badass songwriter Levi Lowry. You know, like he he wrote Colder Weather with Zach Brown. You know, like he's he's legit." And once I heard his stuff, I was, fell in love with it because it was right up my alley. It was super uh, honest, um, thought provoking, and just like mature. Uh, songwriting and <clears throat> had a, had a big impact on um, I think my songwriting moving forward. I was kind of like, what am I writing about? Um, but yeah, so that record, doing that with him and and working uh, later with another artist, kind of from that same mix, uh, Sonia Lee. We went to New York and did like a run, and it ended up being what was cool. Was uh, worked with some some of the guys from the Wedding Band in Nashville on that that tour. Oh, okay, cool. like I showed up to the tour to rehearse in Nashville with Lawrence. And it, and it ended up being two guys that I'd say it was you two. You know, we have we have some history, some familiarity. You know, we like each other. At least hanging out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I walk into the room, and it's, you know, my buddy Stephen Mullen. And then uh, my buddy Will, you know, a great bass player. And, uh, you know, I was just so, super stoked. So the four of us uh, provided uh, the rhythm section for Sonny Lee and went out and just did a short run, like kind of a week and a half, two weeks up to New York and back. But that that was kind of um, my first introduction to to getting out and playing in other cities and doing original music. We played in front of uh, almost four thousand people in New York on the harbor at uh, uh, the pier there, and opened up for Brantley Gilbert. No, no shit. Uh huh. That's awesome. And uh, we did two shows with Blackberry Smoke on that that run with Sonia Lee, and that was cool. that was probably my highlight was meeting those guys and hanging out and. Um, just seeing how they do it and how they carry themselves and what, you know, what can you, you know, you, uh, we all know, you know, you go backstage at these shows and, you know, we're, we're hip to the fact of, you know, act like you've been there before, 
but it's you know act like you've been there and then you know what can you learn how are they how are these people working and you know handling their operation yeah for sure <clears throat> does that feel a lot to to uh take in when you're around people like that because it can go like several ways but there it's one thing sometimes you see these guys and like they're partying really hard and you're just like oof that's not gonna last very long or you're just like i, I almost want to disagree <laughs> with you i feel like the people that party hard are the ones that are like we've been doing this for like forever this is a walk in the park depends on where you're at in your yeah career, true when you see like 18 year olds or whatever doing it then maybe you can have that opinion but what I've noticed about uh, uh, musicians in general is that uh, we're all just giant fucking nerds, and we have nothing to talk about until you start talking to music. So everybody's just shy as hell. Yeah. So you it, do drugs, it, and it kind of like loosens people up. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, oh, now I can be normal. Because it seems like most musicians, if they're not singers, no offense, uh, but they're just introverts. Untaken. Yeah, oh, 100%. I just, I, that, that's basically what it is. Yeah, I'm not exact. I'm a singer, but I'm not exactly an extrovert. <clears throat> yeah, you know, it that's takes, what I mean. Takes a little bit of wine and uh, familiarity. <laughs> uh, speaking of, is there some more wine back there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You give yeah, me a uh, reach some? around if you don't yeah. mind. Yeah. Let's <laughs> take a look at this. This, um, this is Napa Valley. Yeah, this has now become a wine podcast. So. I knew this was going to happen. We're I was like, if I bring it? wine, we're going to start talking. All right, we're going to have to get into my extensive knowledge of Is that, is that, uh, my uh, extensive is that new of world or old world? This is, I'm not sure. It's from what, California. Are you I a see wine Napa about. Uh, right, somewhat. Really? I wouldn't have paid you for that. Thanks, Fran. We spent a lot of time in the woods together. I would have never guessed if, that you were a wine connoisseur. <laughs> Just saying. Thanks for the communion sip. I You're welcome. It. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I've always loved red wine uh, versus white, I guess. And I really like that the San Sebastian winery down in St. Augustine. It's yeah, kind of sweet, but really I've, good. I've kind of my, – my taste has broadened a little bit, I guess you could say. I, I like a little bit more of a um, – uh, I like a cab in a Merlot versus, you know, like a, a table dinner wine, something – it's just sweet. Yeah. I still have never been able to. And diabetes. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to taste the difference unless uh, I'm like, yep, that's definitely a uh, red. Yes. Yeah, it's red. <laughs> that's all I know. There's there's some some wines, like for me, like Moscato's are just. Moscato. That shit's like way too sweet for me. You can tell like, there's yeah. some wine where like if it's like Cabernet and like, I don't know, like uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Merlot, Merlot. Like, I probably uh, couldn't tell you different. Yeah, I probably couldn't tell you difference between any of those. So but when it comes to Moscato, <laughs> sounds like a mystery novel, now. <laughs> yeah, right. Guy Noir, Private Eye. No way, that's NPR, sir. Take <laughs> <laughs> one of your Pinot wines. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> How you say? Uh, Pinot. Pinot Noir. Yeah, some. I was um, I was in the grocery store, uh, with my girlfriend one time picking out wine. And this guy comes by and he's like, you should try the Menage et Trois. I have had that. No. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's like, you should try it. It's really good. It is really good. <laughs> but we're both standing there like. I'm confused. Yeah, we're, yeah, we were confused. We're like, I'm sure it's really good. It's just like odd. Is this guy really, su- is he suggesting the Menage et Trois? Wine? Is he right. trying to make an Eiffel Tower? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're not confused. You knew. Are you just he knows about the trick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. And then high five at the top. <laughs> yeah, you got high five. You at the knew top of that for sure. Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> Anyways, it's got way off the rails. <laughs> Not really. I, I can keep going. You can keep, uh, keep it going, Bill. Let's hear some know. more of your experiences um, with Eiffel Ty- right. Towers. Uh, uh, Eiffel Tower. I've been to the Eiffel Tower in Paris. Have you? Yeah, I've been to Paris. It's pretty dope. You're a real cultured guy. Well, I went when I was 14, so. Oh, okay. Cool. Here's a question. Uh, uh, you born and raised in Florida? Yep. Okay. Right here in Jacksonville. Uh, what, what's another word for an attorney? A lawyer. Thank you. I can't. That's stand how you say it. A lawyer. It's a lawyer. I can't stand it. He keeps saying. He says. He says <laughs> I said, lawyer. No, it's I said lawyer. I saw. <laughs> I saw. I said lawyer uh, uh, earlier today, and he looked at me like I was like a what? And I was like, aren't you lawyer? Like, how do you say it? Lawyer. Lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Lawyer. Lawyer. You say lawyer. Yeah. What do you say? I said lawyer. Lawyer. Yeah. Lawyer. 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 I said lawyer because I, I watched this like movie a couple months corn. ago. <laughs> it was a, mis- a murder mystery on yeah. um, um, Netflix, and and it was the guy that played the Bond movies now, the newer guy. Oh, uh, uh, Craig. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It was yeah, him, Daniel but Craig. he he had this like Lindsey Graham like Southern accent, boy. Oh yeah. my god! And it was just <laughs> like so good. weird. I started watching it. Actually, it was a really good movie. What was it called? Uh, it's some type of murdered. Mystery on James Netflix. Bond? It was. It was a t- <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> but yeah, I said that. Also, what do you put in your car to prevent your engine from uh, burning up? Antifreeze. How do you say the word O I L? Oil. Yeah, oil. Oil. Earl. <laughs> Why well, say oil? Earl. Oil. Yeah, well, Earl. Earl, Earl is, Earl is a different. different. It's, it's from the Urban Dictionary. Earl. I mean, something else now. Well, what? But oil. 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 Why do you say it like I that? I don't know. I just I've got just that. That's how you say it. Oil. Pre- spell it out. People oil. From the South oil. Oil. <laughs> <laughs> fucking around. Brady, my my girlfriend's from New Jersey, and so we've just been going back and forth like nonstop. I was like, why do you say it that way? I was like, why do you say coffee boss? Why do you say oh it like that? Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, don't a, get me started. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. You went to Berkeley and Boston. <laughs> well, we we um we toured to New Jersey twice with Melody's band. Oh yeah, and played at the Wonder Bar on Jersey Shore. That sounds fine. Yeah, and uh, we got yelled at by this guy. Super, you know the the thickest Jersey accent you could ever think of. I'm sure Shane and Sean told this story. You, you guys don't I remember? I know it. <laughs> no. Anyways, this guy comes running out at us. He's like, "Move you." Move your van and give me your keys, your cock keys. <laughs> and, you know, like I was, I was perfecting my accent the whole way there. I was in the back of the van, like looking up, um, you know, like s- sayings from the area and <laughs> stuff like so that. Funny. So I was like, disco fries. And What's disco fries? Disco fries are like fries and gravy. That sounds like a great band. And name like Benny's, Benny's, huh? Benny's. They're like out of towners. Oh. oh, I didn't know that. So I was, I was just stringing together all this. this no, shit Carrie like did tell sentence. me that. That's right. Yeah, Benny's. Yeah, yeah, okay. Benny's are out of town, so it's like, fucking Benny's, fucking Benny's, yeah. bro. Yeah. You see, Benny's. you've seen it on Jersey Shore, but um, yeah. So I, I basically before we even got to Jersey Shore, I had pissed off everybody in the van, <laughs> really, because I had I just locked into that Jersey accent, and didn't let it go. <laughs> it's just fun to do. It was, it was, it was my time to piss everybody off <laughs> yeah. on that tour. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else had their turn. Yeah, everybody had a turn. <laughs> I might add too. 
<laughs> what do I what do I do to piss you off on tour? Uh, just about everything. Yeah, but like, what do I? Let really me hear about? some of this. You don't, you don't stop talking. We yeah, don't. Want, that's my problem. Is I can't stop. What at like four a.m. on the on the way home? It doesn't matter what time it is. Well, because he drives on the way home, so he needs someone to talk to the whole way, so he can stay awake. I knew it. And I'm yeah. just like, bro, I can't stay awake with you. He just keeps talking. It's like, fuck, man. Yeah, I will. Or we were watching. We were going through some GoPro videos um, from while we were on going down to the studio last time, and uh, it was like. We would get into an argument about something, and then neither one of us can just let the other one have it. It's like they're just like everyone. We have to. We each have to have the last say. So it's like we're trying to like one up the other one, and then if we stop talking, he just instantly just starts grabbing shit and just starts fucking with shit in the van. I'm just like, bro, can you just like? Sit it's a good thing y'all aren't in an actual relationship. No, know. That's what everyone keeps saying. It's getting weird at this point. It's but just, uh, it's uh, good that y'all are just friends. Yeah, yeah. just friends. Well, Best friends for funny. life. We, uh, so when we're on the road, we have to get one hotel room. We have to like often share beds yeah. and shit. So Billy looks at his girlfriend Carrie the other day and was like, "I'm pretty sure I've slept with him more than I've slept with you." <laughs> that's only because we've been dating for just a couple of months. But at the same time, yeah, that 100 percent that's true. What happens? <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's quite Share, interesting. Sharing hotels, man. <clears throat> um, yes. So uh, when when did you start like your own project? When when did that become a thing? Um, I was writing some of this stuff. Before I got to Berkeley, I was kind of already had some of the songs that ended up on that my first album, and I just kind of kept working on it, and it was maybe like seventy five percent of the way done by the time I was leaving Berkeley, and I came home and just started working on the rest of it and trying to finish it up and started working with the other guys at a certain point. And, um, that was really like two thousand eleven, where where I really made the the jump from like all right, hey I'm. I'm going to work on this original music and try to put this out, you know. Nobody cares, or it seems like it, you know, I'm doing this for me, you know, so I just kind of set my mind to it at that point. I was like, you know, that's what I want to work on. So 2011 was when I came back from Berkeley. And did you make, like, an, was it like, was it an intentional move to, to do it under your own artist's name, or were, were you, or is that something that kind of came to you, like, after putting bands together and it's just not working out, like, you know what I mean? You yeah, put right. bands together and she just doesn't you work out. Are you talking about Billy? No, <laughs> <laughs> no because I've, I've, that, I've, that was a good burn. I've, <laughs> that was a really good burn. I've, uh, I would like to. I add, feel like I knew he was going to do some stuff like this. I was going to have to catch I would, on to I would, it. I would like, I would like to add. I, I, I quit my band. I didn't get kicked out. But yeah. But go ahead. Um. Yeah, so, you know, just shit doesn't work out with bands a lot. And it's hard to, if it's under your own name, you can kind of, like, pick different people. And it doesn't really matter who's in the band. As long as they can play your shit, then you're good to go. Yeah, I, I wasn't thinking about it, I guess, so much as those things kind of worked them, worked out for me in those ways just because I did it. But I think I just had to put my name on it overall just to, because it was, <clears throat> the stuff on that record is super personal. And I was like, this isn't really, you know, I guess maybe in some ways this isn't really like form a band around this. This is like, this is a, a, a passion project. So like, I, I really got to put my name on it. And um, even though like, you know, it doesn't, you know, sound like the most comfortable thing to do. Always like, yeah, put, you know, call it, call it uh, Cheeto Factory and put yeah. the album out and maybe, you know. Cheeto Factory. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like. But it's less personable, and it's you know it's it's kind of just like put 
Like I said, I had to had to put my name on this because it was so personal. Yeah. We kind of went the opposite direction with uh, that uh, with our band because uh, it was called the Anton Plume Band, and then we all started writing songs together, and we we're like, well, I mean, this is not just the Anton Plume Band. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, what are you trying to do, man? Yeah. Well, you know, to be <laughs> Hold fair, us back. Yeah. I just couldn't think of a band name, so I moved to Jacksonville. It was I wanted I wanted to hit the ground running, mm-hmm. so uh, you know rather than like like <gasps> waiting until I could find a band name, we just say, well, I'm just I'm Anton Lapoon. We're just gonna start doing this. I forgot to ask. Did we get do do we get the the rights yet or no? We're working on it. Okay, we're still working Jesus on it. Jesus Christ! Oh man, <laughs> you, dropping, I you, said, you dropping some news? I here? thought you said that. I thought you said you were gonna know this week. Yeah, I, well, I have to have a meeting with our manager to oh, find okay. out about it because he's handling all that. Sorry, uh, are you are you doing the the T word? Yeah, well, yeah, because we have a. a because side hustle is uh, there's like a couple of other ones out there, and one or well, two in particular pose a bit of a threat. One is in Canada, and uh, they've is that the threat one? That's they're what because they have the they have a, a like their name comes up first on Spotify before ours. So the other one that's that's more of a because bands break up, they're not very active on social media at all. I don't see them doing anything really. But the other one that's that's a bigger concern to me is there's one in San Diego, and just strictly based off the geography, that's concerned because of where they're at. You know, it's like they're connected. San Diego's connected to the LA band, scene, and right? huh? They're just a cover band. No, no, no. Right? There's a bunch of little side hustle cover bands around the country. I don't give a shit about them at all. But like the but the one in San Diego has like you know like like an image that they're they don't have the same presence that we do on social media. But just by by geography, that's concerning because they can get linked up with a label yeah. real quick and all we that. We were know. first. Yeah, we were, fir- which is why we have, uh, which is why we have, you know, uh, kind of stake in the game here as far as the trademark goes. But uh, yeah, I haven't heard back yet. Uh, we were supposed to be able to to make an official application for it after waiting for like two years because some other. Uh, record label in New York. We don't have to talk had about an application it. going or something. Yeah, basically we've had we've had we've had our we've had a horse in this race now for uh, about a year and a half, and wow. we've been spending a lot of money on on going through the bullshit because of this name is a little is more common than we originally thought. Right. So uh, yeah, so you know that was, that was another thing about it was like <clears throat> the uniqueness of my name, particularly was like. It's you. You learn <clears throat> once you start getting into it. Like, okay, what are you thinking about calling your band name? Let, you know, look it up, and that that was part of it for me too. It was like there's so much uniqueness to my name. It's just like no, I won't have any issues. Right, you know? right. Um, that's so, a, that's the thing a lot of bands have to worry about right now, man. Is trademarks is because social media and everything is the way that it is. And getting you sued. Know? Yeah, you know, like I mean, anybody could claim anything. You know, just and and a lot of music. It's just like Quincy Jones says: it's, there's twelve notes. We're all given twelve notes, and that's it. You know, left to work with that. Right. So it's you know it's. I think that's one of the hardest things that songwriters and bands these days trying to put out any type of original content is feeling like. You know, you're either gonna get sued or, or like, man, it's you know, it sounds like something. But, you know, as long as it's authentic, and comes across genuine, you know, I, that's I think the reason we're still able to <clears throat> do it today, is because people are still putting their heart into stuff. Yeah, they like ruled. I can't remember who it was that made the final like ruling on it, but you can't own a chord progression. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty that. crazy to me. And it's uh, something like up to. Seven so notes, seven or eight, eight notes. notes. Yeah. The famous uh, 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 Vanilla Ice. 
Yeah, somebody needs to make a little documentary about all that. Yeah. I would watch that for sure. Um, but in case side hustle doesn't work out, I have been okay. working on band names forever. Do you you want it for for this week? Uh, so far, um, uh, meat sunset. That's stupid. Yeah, I made like the perfect steak, and I said it looked like a meat sunset. What kind of <laughs> what kind of cut was it? New York strip. I'm high class. <laughs> Uh, uh, you could have gone for the fillet. You could have gone for the. He's 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 from Kentucky. You, you have to for forgive aged, him. Aged wagyu beef, um, <laughs> marbled to perfection. So my next, you're lucky you didn't order a steak at McDonald's. You know what I mean? That's the kind of guy you we're can dealing do that with now? here. Uh, uh, shark water. That was dumb. Shark also, water. crying ears. Terrible drone situation. It's a lot of these was when I was drunk. Drone situation. Uh, I like that uh, one. Uh, Bo- Bob Barker pencil mic. <laughs> that's really stupid. Uh, 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 pizza pour. <laughs> yeah. Because it, cause I'm Took me a second to get the Bob Barker pencil <laughs> mic. <laughs> the, la- uh, the last one I wrote I down was uh, just now suggested time, suggested time, but the best one I say this for last is Scuba Doo. It's like Scuba Doo. It's like Scooby Doo, but Scuba Doo. That's um, a great jam Scuba Doo. Scuba Doo. <laughs> Scuba Doo. What are you talking about, man? Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Oh, no. Yeah, I've seen Scooby Doo. And then yeah. I was coming back and I was like, "Yeah, we saw we saw underwater mystery." <laughs> so stupid. Underwater so what? Underwater, underwater mysteries. Mysteries. <laughs> so stupid. Aqua True Crime. <laughs> I came up with a really good one. We were at the studio called uh, called Synth Jizz. Ah, uh, here we go. Oh. It's not a good one. It's, it's such not. a good band name. It's not a good one. I wrote it down because <laughs> he forced me to. I, this is a mile what? long list, by the way. <laughs> but I'm just updating everybody. You're, you're, I mean, you're, you're basically forced to do all your marketing advertising on the black, the yeah. dark web. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not going to go anywhere. Synth Jizz, well, it's obviously like a local cover band name. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a, no. Uh, synth Jizz, I like it. I'm into no it. No one's going to go see Synth Jizz. I'm going to start a cover band called Synth Jizz and watch how much we get booked. <laughs> strip, strip I will. Zero. That's yeah. how many times. Um, I wonder if there is a band like that that just like tried really hard and they just they just could never get a show, like no matter what. <laughs> yeah, they, they changed their band name to Synth Jizz. Yeah. <laughs> but like can't even get on an open mic or anything like that. They're like, no, you can't play yeah, it. You can't do that. What'd you say you changed your name to? Yeah. <laughs> just had the most offensive name ever. <laughs> it's not even offensive. It's just gross. Yeah, I like it. That's why I, I describe the music. That, that's why I describe the music that Billy listens to. It's just like synth jizz. It's literally <laughs> just synthesizers and four on the floor all day. You don't like, uh, you don't like keyboard. It just sounds like synth jizz to me. That's all I'm saying. It was, okay. I said that and it sounded like a good band name. I'm just saying, it's a solid band name. All right. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, how do how do you bring that one back, guys? Uh, oh, uh, I'm pretty good at just just yeah. getting into it. Segway right on. Segway right on. I don't need age. Smooth transitions or anything like that. Um, we were talking about band names and about the the the, the uh, uh, originality yeah. and stuff. And I'm just letting him know that I've got some backup ones ready to go. Well, I'm curious as to how because you went out on the road with that band, right? So I'm curious as to what how were you able to get guys to commit to a project? You know, people usually going on the road first off is a difficult lifestyle for a lot of people who don't want to do it. Um, an original project usually takes a little bit more of a financial uh, uh, investment at first, and, and time-wise, it takes a lot longer to get going. How were you able to get guys to commit to go on the road for something that wasn't really their project? You know, 
I was just got to pay them. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, like offer guys a fair rate. You know, what, what, first of all, what can you do? And like, where does that fall in the bar park, ballpark of like, you know, paying somebody a professional rate to, to come in and play for you and or record for you? So save your money. If you want to record an album with some, some great musicians, start saving your money now and put, put it aside for that so that, you know, you can create what you want to create. With right. whoever you want to you know it doesn't mean like <clears throat> i want quincy jones you know for instance i don't know what i'm saying his, his name twice tonight but i want him to do my you know maybe that's not realistic but if you want to pick you know really good musicians to work with you, you, you they don't all charge the same thing right you know so you just you have to figure out a way to kind of make it work and i i just uh what was the main question just how you're able to get guys to hop on board with it. Well, oh, the, so we we didn't really tour. I just did three, three nights, three CD release shows, and I, I didn't really consider that a tour. Might, might have called it a tour at the time. Well, yeah, you got kind of blow <laughs> but, it up um, a little bit. You know, we we um had been doing the wedding stuff up there, and then in Nashville too. So we we were all traveling back and forth. Um, that way a lot and had made some connections and we, we kind of just made morphed the band a little bit between those three cities. Oh, I see. With some of the musicians from those networks. Okay, cool. So if you look, if you look on my YouTube, you'll see like a video of Counting on Love at uh, South in Nashville and it's got like my buddy Joey Fletcher um, on guitar and um, uh some some different horn players i forget uh jp is up there <clears throat> and that's, that's that's what we did it was mainly the core of guys that performed on the album i talked them into like all right hey you know it's you know we're we're all being realistic we're doing some uh door thing here door thing here small guarantee here i'll pay you this and um you know do you want to do it yeah so, can you yes or no and so you know, it, it it's really a labor of love when you get out there on the road and go play for little money. Like you're it's crazy you're, you're going into the hole by leaving home and going to spend money. Yeah. But it's like, all right, well, how much? How much is it? All right. Yeah, I'll do it. You know, it's because you love it so much, and nope. I think that's that was the reason uh, the people that have worked with me have have always done. It. I'm I'm not. I can't really convince you much more than you want to do it yourself anyways yeah um but i've just always tried to create a, a fun atmosphere when whatever i'm doing in the studio on gigs and just kind of take care of everybody the best i can is, is what they would like to be treated you know so as a as a band leader and doing my own thing as an artist that's just kind of my mindset you know? did you ever take experiences from um like like from having been a hired gun in the past before you started your own project, were you were you taking experiences you had learned as a hired gun and trying to feel like, yo, well, as a band leader, what do I not want to do and what do I want to do? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think it came down to, yeah, just like going out and seeing uh, how Blackberry Smoke does it before the show. They have a they have a, a meal with all the crew. Everybody gets together, eat something healthy. You fuel up the right way, you know, with some lean lean greens and lean lean meat, you know. Maybe some tofu. Okay. And, <laughs> you know, you fuel up right. And and, um, and the, the other thing was, you know, I just heard horror stories of guys coming in. They work 
for other people, other band leaders, who I won't mention their names because I've got class a little bit. Good. But no, it's just, it, they're like, oh, yeah, if, if throw us a, you know, throw us in the, the conference room and throw us a, a slice of, a couple slices of bread and a, and a pack of bologna. I'm like, that's not, I mean, I've, I've been there too. You know, you, you play a wedding or something, sometimes they, they oh, throw yeah. you in a room and they throw you all a, a bandwich. Yeah. A totally. bandwich in a box, you know, it's like a cookie, chips. And then other places, you know, they'll give you a nice meal. Yep. So that's what I wanted to do for anybody that I work with. It's just like, um, I, I think I catered something before the the release here. It was it was easier for me to do because I had some help in town in Jacksonville. But we catered like a really nice thing before the release, and um, just invited some family and friends to that too at, at Mavericks. But that that release was at uh, Underbelly here. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And Underbelly just opened back up, which is yeah. a yeah, the other day. Yeah, we just went to go beautiful. check it out. Have you been yet? No, I haven't. It's I saw a picture. It looks oh, awesome. It's really cool. Yeah, I can't wait to go I'm so, I'm so glad. Yeah, I don't know what awesome it looked thing. like before. It was closed by the time I got here. I never but went before, so I don't have no oh, you didn't, either. You, 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 you didn't go before? I never had a chance to, no. Oh, yeah. I, I It looks super cool now, though. So, yeah, yeah, it's really big and redone, refinished, and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's important, I think, to kind of have the both like like both experiences as like a hired gun and a band leader because like it makes you much better at both of those jobs when you know it's like, well, okay, if I've been a hired gun before, how do I want to present myself and what have I seen in the past that didn't work or what did work? And then also, like, if, I, if I'm going to be a hired gun after having the band leader experience, what do I expect from people and uh, how can I just not be the guy that doesn't get called back, you know? Right. <clears throat> So, yeah. I think it almost hurts you the other way around, too, because I was never a hired gun first. I was like, I'm going to start a band, and I did it. And then I was like, okay. And I... You make so many mistakes, like uh, because as a hired gun, you just you just watch other people make mistakes. I was like, oh, okay, this, yeah. this is how you don't do it. Yeah, and and so I, yeah, I it's not falling on you. Yeah, exactly. And so it all fell on me, and then I quit, and then became a hired gun. And I was like, oh, this is how you do it. So I'm about to leave, just letting you know. Okay, start your own thing. Yeah, kidding. I I love being in this band. You're not really a hired band. gun in side hustle, though. I no, not anymore. Say. I don't think anybody in the band. Like, we don't really have that dynamic. No, I mean, yeah, it became it became a a, a full band and everything. Like yeah, that. everybody it is. You know, I definitely handle. Together. I definitely handle all of the, the booking and the management stuff. But as far as like creativity goes, and yeah. as far as like delegating the responsibility, like, everyone in the band has something to do. That's good. You know, and that's like really important. It's the only way modern bands bands are can really survive because it takes so much for me as an artist to do everything I do from my artist career and my soul music but when a band comes together you got you you just can't have one person doing it you have all these other reasons you have you know four to seven other people you know being able to dive you know um, delegate delegate those roles out yeah oh, i like it no, Dude, no worries you're going to every interview with me from now on yeah. <laughs> he's gonna be delegate a i'll be like, <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll be like what's that word billy can we take that one again let's do it yeah run that (laughs) parentheses Uh, now where were we Billy Uh, uh, you were talking about delegation that was a test yeah (laughs) what kind of what kind of delegation band delegation (laughs) no yeah uh, the success of the yeah you see you are hard the success of the modern band really does center around everybody being able to pull their weight in some form or fashion um, off stage, yeah. Like okay, yeah, yeah. That's that's a professionalism that comes into play. Like 
can you handle the gig and go out there and do that and do that um, correctly and and you know to everybody's you know um, up up to speed with every where everybody else is doing it yeah for sure and it really comes down to having to you know delegate those roles where the online stuff you know somebody's got to be doing it or you're all investing you all have to invest because because like we were talking about how much it is to do it yourself yeah versus to pay a company to do it and the bottom line for people watching this that are care and have made it this far is that nobody can do your marketing and tell your story the way that you can no matter how much amount of money you can pay them you probably don't have enough money to pay them to tell your story the proper way right so it really comes down to if you really want to do this and put your stuff out there tell your story yourself and you know there's all kind of stuff out there to research i would just say research the crap out of anything you want to do these days yeah marketing uh, and all that stuff is just it's so uh deep it's and, and so important probably more now than it ever has been because you know the gatekeepers of the of the music industry for the most part are gone you know so it's like there's so much stuff out there yeah i mean look there, there's there's still gatekeepers out there but more what i'm saying by that is that there is between all the streaming platforms and youtube and social media there's so much content out there that um, it's an overload. Yeah, it's an overload. So in order to get yourself seen, you have to – marketing and the PR stuff is super, super important yeah. because it's not just, you know, it's not just like five labels all under the same umbrella that are, that are putting bands out now. Now it's like everybody's just putting themselves out. So how do you stand out? Well, you have to have the right marketing and PR in order to do that. So, you know, and, and those campaigns cost a lot of money. They don't promise anything. Yeah. You know, so it's like just do the, the the best thing to do, the most cost effective thing to do. And and it would be to do it, to learn how to do it yourself. Because for the sake of the art, man, yeah. you know, not for the dollar. Exactly. You know, learn, learn your process. You know, exactly. I'm, I'm learning something new every release I do. Exactly. Um, and we were talking about this <clears throat> before we got going. It's just it's a lot that goes into doing this stuff for yourself. And, and you really it's it becomes what you do you have to like doing it yeah you have to like sitting you know at the computer till 12 on a sunday you know just like falling asleep while you're typing interview questions back you know and um you gotta it's the same the same way to bring it back home is the same way that you would go on tour for you know 25 dollars a show and or like profit anyways that's the same way that you got to go with it in, into looking at the extra work that you have to do for marketing and PR and all this stuff like that. Uh, every part of it exactly. is, yeah. is you way to bring it back home. working as hard as you possibly can because of what could be yeah. the, the love of it and everything like yeah, that. I, I, is, uh, and what it could, what, it, yeah, it's more about the potential yeah. than the guarantee. I was, uh, Matthew McConaughey has a new book. Yeah. Green lights. I'm promoting that. Also, <laughs> it's good, but it was it was so true. I heard that. I was like, yeah, yeah. You are going after. You're putting all that work in for the potential. Yeah. Not the guarantee. No, I know. You know, and and the the best thing about being creative and doing this stuff is the love of the of the you know, just the the you know doing it. Yeah. It's um. 
it's rewarding in a way that's like you know like cooking or something you just or ma making a nice cocktail versus just pouring a jack and coke you know there's a process yeah enjoying the process yeah well, exactly that's, like, uh, that's always comes back to uh, like plateaus and everything too like people get so uh uh anxious about not being able to get to the next level and really, the next level is you just being patient of where you are. Yeah. And so, that's the test. It's what I'm trying to say. Is if you can get, if you can, if you can just stick with it, and that's my motto, like the whole time. Like if you just stick with it the entire time, it will pay off. Yeah. But but God, damn it, is that the most boring thing in the world to do? Well, you know, <laughs> all, the, all these YouTube hashtags, Instagram hashtags, and all I this like, crap. When are you gonna make a TED talk about it? So I. <laughs> I, I actually this is this kid knows more than anybody. Th no, I, I don't know a fraction of what you're selling known, yourself short because every time you tell me that's, something, that's not that's not flattering. That's that's not flattering. Well, here's what I'll say about that stuff um, is that I you have to look at it in the same way that you would approach writing a song or practicing your instrument. You know, like there's an art to the business side of this whole thing. And if you just look at it as an art form, then you can get creative with it. There are no, there's, there's a template, right? But there's no real rules. Yeah, I know, right? So, That's what I said. I, I didn't hear it right either. But keep going, sorry. Go How do you guys say it? Template. 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 Yeah. It's called template, okay? And you're your friends. You, can you say milk real quick? Milk. Right. You kind of sound okay. like, all right, that's right. Okay. I was, people from the south are lazy, bro. Say, say, you guys just don't. You guys don't enunciate your say words. Say oil again. Oil. Weird. That's how you say. It. How you say boil? Boil. Okay. Uh, All right. Bring us back home. Bring yeah. us back home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, um, yeah. It's 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 just. You want to do a crawdad ball later? What ball. is that? <laughs> ball. I'm from Kentucky. Crawdad yeah, ball. Kentucky. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. It's just. It's it's all about looking at it as an art form. It's like, the business side of it is just as can be just as creative and fun as the 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 music side of it can can be. If you choose to look at look at it that way. If yeah. you're sitting there like, oh, I'm just sending out emails. This is boring. But it's like you can make those. You can word those emails in a way that can sound like. Like, like, you know, like you, you have fun with the way you're wording it. Yeah. You know, so get creative with it. At the end of the day, you're a goddamn artist, right? Yeah. So be artistic with it. Exactly. Be you know, creative. You know how exactly. I would do that? You know, I, I had fun uh, reaching out and booking is, is um, using a, a boomerang to set it, to send at a certain time. A boomerang? Yeah. Like boomerang? It's, it's like, like a, it's like a, um. Chrome add-on maybe or something. Okay. Service, but it sends your mail at a certain time. You can schedule it. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. So you're writing an email late 12 at night and you know, you send it to somebody, a contact. You're like, oh shit. I shouldn't have sent a professional email this late. You schedule it for the next morning at 9 a.m. Yep. But what I, what, one way I had fun was I would schedule them all for 9.04 a.m. Duval. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just doing, you know, this, you're, you're finding yourself, you're enjoying life. If you're truly doing something you love, yeah, and and it's, it's kind of stupid little stuff that just you know makes me think, thank God that I chose you know a path that was more about something you know so fulfilling versus something that maybe wasn't. It allows we could always just be hanging drywall in Ocala. I mean, it's not a bad gig. It's not a bad gig. <laughs> that was one thing because uh, uh, growing up my dad did construction and so I was always like cleaning out fucking crawl spaces yeah, that's I, was, how I, uh, to. I was I was uh, uh, small enough to fit inside of them 
and he instilled a, a fine knowledge of uh, physical labor that I'd never want to do again. Yeah. yeah. Which should have gone the opposite way. Like, maybe work hard. I'm like, no, I know what I need to do to not have to fucking lay brick yeah. again. Getting up under <laughs> a house, a crawl space, yes. that's no fun. And, and picking out possums? No. Yeah, I had to do that a couple times when I was seven. Oh. Yeah, I didn't have to do a whole lot of intensive <laughs> uh-huh. labor growing up. I did. I, I worked landscaping yeah. for about yeah. two weeks, and then they were like, no, I'm sorry, kitty. You're not cut where, out for where this. Where are you from again? Uh, South Florida. South Florida, West Palmish. No, no, more like Miami, Fort Lauderdale okay. area. It's Tony yeah. 305. Yeah. And that's not the best place to be doing landscaping. <laughs> it's, oh, no, no, no. it's hot. Consistently over 100 <laughs> degrees in the summertime. Oh, yeah. It gets, yeah. I mean, it's about as hot as it is here. You know, it's, it's just. It's just uh, it just doesn't ever get cold there's, there. There's no <laughs> showering before work. No, that job. no, not, not <laughs> when at I all. when I turned 13 though, my dad gave me a raise. He's like, you don't work for free. Any- oh, sorry, I used to work for a milkshake at the end of the day, uh, but in the <laughs> summer, I know, yeah, uh, we're poor. But uh, he gave me uh, three dollars an hour. Uh, chocolate malt always. Okay. Uh, but uh, 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 he gave me three dollars an hour. So, and then and then drop me off with the halfway uh, house workers that yeah, he hired. That's right. Oh, that's that's where you really became cultured. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we have so he much more me, in common than I thought. Billy. He told me he, that, that 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 that's how I I got uh, learned to be like you don't want to do this yeah. when you're 45. You well, see, <laughs> you see you see what I'll see like, what this is like. They told me you're doing good in school. You should probably keep up with that. I'm like, yeah, I will. I was <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was that's definitely cool. hanging out with the halfway housers no. uh, when I was 12 years old. Also, just not because I was working. I'm say not, that much. I, I'm just, I'm just saying that. Uh, 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 still going back, like I, you, you work so that eventually one day that you, you know, get to that level that you want to. Yeah, of course. You can't half-ass your way to you know success you gotta put every single part of your creativity and everything yeah and it's like what you were saying about like, like sending the the emails at 904 that's hilarious it's like, cr- yeah it's great it's clever and it's just <laughs> so it, I would it's fun for yourself that's more funny to me but. <laughs> um but like so cr- we had chris poland on a few weeks ago and he was talking about when he was booking with fuse uh fuse box funk oh yeah that's right and they have like uh it was like yeah. Ten reasons. Ten why reasons you why you should book this band, and and because they, they weren't responding, they, they weren't responding first. to him. Like he sent a bunch of emails. They weren't. So he said, "Okay, until you respond to this email, uh, I'm going to send one email every day of ten reasons why you should hire this band." And I think that's a reason like number eight. And uh, then the guy thought it was hilarious and, and booked them. And <laughs> nice. I took that approach when we were trying to play at Dunedin Brewery uh, for the longest time. And uh, Mike wasn't getting back to me for such a long time. And then I did 10 reasons why you should hire my band. And literally by reason number nine, he was like, that's fucking hilarious. What date do you guys want? Yeah. You know, just what? <laughs> what are these reasons? Yeah. So, well, hey, swipe up. Swipe up. Swipe up. Yeah, what, <laughs> was that, what was that reason? What were the reasons? Swipe up, right? Did now? you have 10? Uh, no, I didn't. Lucky yeah. he got back to me <laughs> oh, every single day. I was like, what, what am I going to say yeah. today? Good thing he went on nine because I didn't have a 10. <laughs> yeah, no, literally, that's what I was saying. I was like, thank God he answered because I did not know what I was going to say for that last one. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, you gotta you have you have to try and like figure out a way to make every every aspect of it creative for yourself, you know? And, and then that working aspect there is, is about, you know, solid relationships. Impossible. Yeah. You know, cold Cold emailing a bunch of people is never going to get you anywhere. Right. You know, you have to get out on the scene. You have to make contacts and, and do all those little things. You have to study the art of networking, you know, a little bit and then and then get out there. You know? Right. 
Well, that's actually, uh, that's something that I actually did, didn't want to ask you about. So like when you were first getting started, I guess we can bring it way back to the beginning of the conversation, but when you were first getting started, how were you kind of breaking into the scene? Were you going to jams? Were you doing stuff to kind of put your name out there? Or did you just kind of, I don't know, start a band and figure it out? Um, <clears throat> I was really not a part of the scene for, for the longest time. I was playing with like, excuse me, country bands and we were playing like the Animal Circuit. Mooses, Elks oh, okay. Lodge, gotcha. oh, nice. Fleet, Fleet, Rever- uh, Fleet Reserve, and uh, what was the other one? Was, um, uh, did I say American Legion? No, no. but no. now you did. You know, 316, you know, and then yeah. the, that's out there at the beach and then Mayport. Um, so I, I was playing a lot of that stuff before I went to Berkeley in bands and playing with other guys' groups and then eventually some of mine. Um, <clears throat> but I I think um, really the catalytic way I got kind of plugged into the Pulse was, even, even though I lived, in, lived here, you know, I was somewhat – you know, had some contacts of different musicians and stuff like that, but the pulse was when I got back from Berkeley. I put out a Craigslist ad. I reached out, very vulnerable like, and said, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for a drummer for my albums, this type of music. And I did a, you know, a cattle call. <clears throat> and I met Miko, uh, Miko Limbo. <laughs> Miko Limbo, um, he was probably the third guy to come through the door. And I was just like, This is. I, he nailed the song. This is it. this is it, you know. Like, and then I, I think I auditioned a couple other guys, and it was some older guys who were just like, "Yeah, I just wanted to see if I could still do it." You know. Oh, I hate that. And you know, but that's that was part of the beauty of it. You know, I had to put myself out there, and um, I really vibed with Nico. He, he just had a certain professional ability about him. Came in and knew his stuff, and had a great groove. You know, undeniably a uh, great musician. You know, at first glance. And so they were doing a thing Friday nights out the beach uh, with Billy Thornton at, I want to say, Hammerheads or Land Sharks, uh, the old. The old one, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I I went out there and caught them one night to meet Billy before we did the album and just started hanging with them and getting plugged in and started, we started doing the wedding thing. And that's probably the biggest, uh, you know, way most people I've met is through the wedding bands. Just, sure. You know, you do so many gigs and you do, you know, you don't see a guy again for a year or two, but, you know, you've played with him, you still have that, you know, connection. <clears throat> so that's that's been the best part of my network. But at the same time, getting out there too is, is important. Going to jams and... Right. You know, the guys that go to the jams aren't necessarily the same ones on the wedding gigs and staying home touring yeah you know? for sure um, so you, you really have to get out there and put yourself in an uncomfortable situation and really kind of see what all's out there because you never know what context you're going to make you know uh, I met a guy the other day uh, Dennis Wolf um, and he's a friend of my t- um, my buddy Tyler's um, and he's in town he's got family in Woodbine but he's he's in town from Belize right now, and he's just he's just like us, man. He's a regular gigging, gigging musician down there with a band, and um, it's it's just a beautiful thing to meet other people and network with people that are genuinely doing what you're doing. And um, this this music stuff is so complicated, 
in, in the industry, people shy away from it, but it is so much fun. It's, it's so rewarding at the end of the day, just because if you love music, there's there's really stuff to do. Yeah, well, and it's like it's we kind of, we talked about it on one of the, the other podcasts, but there's this thing when you when you play with someone or you go on the road with somebody, even if it's just like one time, where especially if it was like a really good time, where you just kind of have that moment together forever because mm-hmm. that moment means so yeah. much to to both of you, yeah, uh, independently, and then you see them again. It could be a year, two, five, ten, and you're just like, we had that moment together. Yeah. That uh, that meant so much to both of us in whatever way, and um, there's, it's not it's not a, a common thing in really any other career path or no. that that you find that you know. In the sales office. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And you know, yeah, saying speaking on that is I've I've done uh, with the Emerald Empire band, the wedding band that I played with. Some of the showcases we've done in these different cities for. You know, clients, prospective clients of weddings and stuff. I mean, I'm just hearing some of the nastiest stuff. And it's just, who, you know, some of the guys. And I look back there, and that's that's the memory that's ingrained in my head. Yeah. You know, that look on his face when he knew that, that I turned around and realized what he was playing, something different that was dope. You know, this re- re-harm of a typical song. Right. And you're just like, no, you didn't. You yeah, didn't exactly. Did. And the look on his, that person's face when they're like, yeah, I just... Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's cool because it's like you, you kind of realize like, oh, that person's listening also, yeah. you know, which is like a cool thing because you're not always, you know, there's some guys up there just like stone cold or, or, or and like you just don't know what's going on in their head. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's like, you know, that they're just not listening at all. Um, but when you do something cool and that person kind of looks back, you're just like, oh, shit. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're listening. Yeah. That's just a very cool like moment. Yeah, you know? and it's that's that togetherness on stage. You got each other's back. You know, like we're doing this together is really the essence of what you should be doing. But it's little moments like that that remind you like, oh, yeah, this dude's got my back right exactly. now. And in a really good way. Exactly. <laughs> in like a freaking awesome way. Because that could, that, could, that could mean, you know – that could that moment right there could mean you losing or gaining a shit ton of money. However, so it's like everyone there is like really trying, hopefully, really trying to put their best foot forward and make sure that like you know we're all going to be you know the uh, was rising tides lift all all boats kind of thing you know ships ships whatever <laughs> ships boats all the same yeah, shit. It's not a boat. It's a yacht. <laughs> it's a yacht. <laughs> it could be with those wedding gigs, bro. <laughs> Hey, I'm telling you, you can't hide money. Yeah, exactly. And when Stephen Honig walks in here with that shirt on, I'm telling you. We, we grilled him on that. He gets that on for fucking, like, Amazon from China for, like, $10. Yeah, bro. So, so he, he had to go. He had to send his Looks credit like card digits to Ch- all the way to China through know. a processor here in America. Hey, but yep. it looks good, bud. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like, I was thinking farts. about that process. Everything you buy from China. Yeah, it's definitely a process. Got to go through Amazon first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so wh- you you I hate to interrupt. Can I can I open that other bottle of wine? Yes. All right, yeah, go I'll be for right it, back. Man. Yeah, you do that. You come back with that bottle of wine, and then uh, I'll do a bathroom break after you come back. Okay. That sounds good. You uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right now. Let's get down to business. Let's get down. Billy's so gone. Billy's the worst fucking person ever, anyways. <laughs> and fuck him. And uh, I was joking. Love Billy. No, He's a great guy. Um, Love you, Billy. So 
when did you and Isaac Corbett decide to start working together? Because you had the Corbett Clampett experience for a while. How did that happen, and why did it happen? We actually, um, a mutual friend, my buddy Matt Link earlier, that gave me the organ going to Berkeley. Oh, okay. He's like, dude, you got to meet my friends. I can't believe y'all don't know each other. He's like, you're a badass musician. They're badass musicians. Um, and basically set it up. We, I mean, we were hung out at their house or, um, on the creek one day. I set it up, and we just became mutual friends and, and acquaintances from there. And, you know, they were doing their thing. I was doing my thing. And when Newsom was uh, taking a break from the road, Isaac called me. He's like, hey, man, we, we, we don't really want to take a break right now from the road. He's like, do you – is there any – chance you want to play with us and go out here and, and let's you know hit this thing i was like yeah there's a real good chance so <clears throat> we you know i got to work right away on that i was just like it, it was life-changing in the sense that you know i had something different to work towards set that you know something different to a different direction to go and um you know it was the right time then too everything seems you know in my life I, i've Everything is always the right time, you know? Yeah. Um, if it's not the right time, it's not the right time. Right. If it's the right time, it's the right time. Yeah, totally. You know, it's kind of like, you know, that Jerry Seinfeld um, uh, stand-up when he's talking about uh, repeating words. It's like, rules are rules. Yeah. I don't think I ever <laughs> saw like that one, but. No, it's good. Yeah, he's talking, hey, rules are rules, you know. Um, but where, where were we? Sorry. Oh, no, it's all good. Um, just being, just starting up Corbett Clampett experience and, like, why that happened, you know? Well, so I guess where I was, I was like, I went to work right away on it because I was looking forward to playing with him so much. I enjoyed playing with Buck over the years, and they had just been with Jake, Jake on bass for about six, six months or so. Okay. And they were doing some cool stuff, really great stuff. So it was just like an opportunity, you know, of a lifetime for me to hook up with my boys and go out there on the road and just have fun. And were you guys trying to – was that just like, like a a fun thing to do or like a money-making thing, or were you guys really trying to like like take it like somewhere to like, like the next level type shit? It started out as being a money-making thing, like, hey, let's go out. We got gigs lined up. We got gigs here, gigs there. We can do this. We'll run it up here, run back down, go down to the Keys. You know, and that's the way it started out. But we we always, uh, from the get go, kind of sort of pushing it towards uh, writing together and seeing what we could come up with. Yeah. Um, and then we eventually did. <clears throat> I think one of our first writing sessions at the cabin in in North Carolina. Okay. Um, his parents, uh, um, owned this cabin. It's uh, almost a hundred years old. It's just been passed down from family members and generations, and it's just. They keep it so that people can experience it. And re- the, the thing you really experience up there if you go is the family and, and you know, kind of like what these people are all about. You know, the Corbett's themselves are just a very family-centric um, group of people. And I come from that, so it was very easy to be around them and comforting being on the road and, you know, being up at Isaac's parents for a few weeks while we're kicking around North Carolina. It's actually very nice to spend time with them being – you know, seven hours away from home in my family. So. Yeah, of course. 
But I think, um, you know, that first writing session, we Newsom was there. He was hanging out that weekend. We started writing, and, and we were just like, eh, let's, there's some cool stuff here. Let's let's keep doing it. So we just we, we got to a year, and we, we kind of decided to take a break at that point. But we recorded um, five to, I think, seven tracks overall. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are you guys going to put out an EP or something? No, they're sitting on my laptop. Sitting, okay. <laughs> I you know, love to like, hear that stuff, there, guys. I love Isaac. There's one that's and, really good that um, the recording, I would say, it came out the best and it just maybe had the most care taken after it at the time. But we were talking about doing it, doing like an animation with that and releasing some stuff eventually. But you know, it's just we don't want to dump a whole lot of money into it um, to certain projects like that, creative projects with, with, you know, not a way to support it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, if there's not, like, a bigger vision for it, it's just a back burner thing until you right. have the time and money to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when uh, – so from that, I guess you, you were kind of doing – I don't know, like, what were you doing in between, like, your stuff and Corbett Clampett before you got to Melody, what, what was going on? You were just kind of doing the wedding band just stuff. writing. Yeah, doing yeah. the wedding band stuff, writing, um, planning my next album. Um and yeah, just and then when Melody Trucks Band formed, I diverted my energy and my focus to that. But I I still continued to like think about my next record, like when would be the right time, you know, like. And it came came up with COVID and everything. Like it, we had all this stuff booked up next year. We were gonna have a really awesome year for Melody Trucks Band. Yeah, and, yeah. And just ended up being. You know, everything that happened worked itself away for me to sit down and actually figure out a way to release a time and and have time to focus enough to release this and get it out, which has been a big deal to me. It's just, you know, when you're you want somebody to hear a song that's good right away. Yeah. So when you're sitting on it for four or five years, it's just it eats away at you a little bit in, in kind of a good way. So you're losing weight. You know, it's not. A negative thing to, yeah. to sit on something like that, but it does make you anxious though. You're anxious. just like, fuck, and man. Like we were talking about, you know, you mentioned earlier, like that anxious feeling of getting something out. Yeah, for sure. That's what, yeah, that's what we've been going through like big time because uh, uh, not to like put our you know dirty laundry out there, but we're you know trying our best to get this album out and everything like that. But it's hard to you know come up with the money, the money, to, yeah. to, to, to uh, do everything that we want to do when we can't play shows or make money. Yeah. So, but at the same time, I feel like, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe it's not such a bad thing to sit on stuff. Like you said, uh, and when it's ready, like the thing is it's, it's already ready to go. You can just do it whenever. Well, and, so you're saying when the time is right, it's right. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. A, when it's not right, it's not right. Yeah, know? don't push it. Don't force it. Yeah. And even in times like these now where it's like, okay, cool. Like you, you worked on something so hard and everything. Like if you, if everything, if we, if realistically, if we had all the money and we're like ready to go and just release everything, like what are we going to do with it? We can't yeah, do it. We can't, we can't do, go anywhere. We can't go like on the that. road right yeah. now. So everybody's kind of so. sitting on their hands, but at the same time, mm. like don't stop working. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I do think everything it, you can do. That's why we did this and everything. Yeah. And this this has been a great thing. It's just um, like I said, it's, this is probably my second favorite podcast compared to Joe Rogan's. No yeah. shit. I'm watching y'all and I'm watching Joe Rogan. Oh man, that's, that's, really that's Thank it. Thank you so yeah. much. I appreciate that's that. It. Yeah, I, I I love doing this, and it's uh, uh it's never been hard. Honestly, no, it's, it's never never been. Uh, 
a struggle. No, it's always so cool. Liquor getting has to, helped, I will say. The liquor definitely helps, <laughs> uh, but it's it also has okay, just been okay, so cool. Get the bourbon aged uh, wine next time. Ooh, uh, I, I talk my language right now. Good stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just also getting, it's just cool getting to talk to people and, and hear about their backgrounds and connecting people on yeah. a different level. You know, it's like, like a lot of us, the people that we've had here, especially it's like, we've, we've hung out at shows or, you know, yeah. And it's but like, I, that's one of the reasons I was really looking forward to this too. Cause I, you and I very, that's a very good description of how we probably get to hang out. Yeah. Passing the, each other at shows. Festivals or shows you know, or whatever. Yeah. And, we and, never you know, even met. Right, we exactly, never met. Yeah. I felt like we had. Like I, I said, I've I been watching the podcast if, yeah, enough. That's it. I was like, ah, we're friends. Yeah, we're friends. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Is that what people do? <laughs> yeah, that's what people <laughs> or is do. Is that yeah. just me? No, that's that's, that's what people are, that's what people do. <laughs> no, but it's true, man. It's, it's just been cool to kind of like be able to do that with a lot of different people, and mm-hmm. it gives us insight into what people are doing, and you know, gives us ideas for what we can do. And it's just, I don't know, it's just been a really cool experience doing this, you know. Yeah. So. Like, uh, we were talking about process earlier, and that's yeah. so so involved, and like there's a lot to learn from us just talking about what we're doing. Yeah, yeah two, two different bands, and that's what we're trying approaches. to develop too. Is is more of a community thing, not so much as like you know, like obviously like we all know each other and the music community is there, but like more being like, hey, how'd you do it? Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's <laughs> and, that's and, the and wrong. About it, you know, exactly. Like, how'd you do what exactly. you're doing? Yeah, you can't how'd you really get like, that? Walk up to that, you, you know, and like I've gotten you. that from people before. I was like, how'd you get that? Yeah, and I, I just it just made me learn a lesson. I was like, if I was gonna ask for advice from anybody, that's not the way I would do it. Yeah, of course. You know, it's like because it's not such an easy answer. Like, oh, well, how did you get a see you a see you on these festivals? How did you get? On yeah, how did you get in this festival? How? Yeah. That, well, how much, how much time do you have? Do you have time for the whole documentary? Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, when I, all right, let's rewind it back. I yeah. was five. I started <laughs> singing in church. Yeah. You know, it's like, so true, man. Yeah. Um, I think what I meant more, though, too, like, obviously, like, what you said, you don't have enough time to really get into it, but uh, uh, you, we're all kind of trying to do the same thing, basically. Yep. And everybody's got different views and different everything. Different approaches. So put yeah. them all together. And I, you made me think of something I was going to say earlier. And, and I can't remember what point we were making, but it was the fact of how how much there is out there. Everybody's trying to do the same thing. And there's so many more people doing music now that when somebody checks out your music, it means so much more today, I think, than it ever did. Yeah. Because there's there's such a convoluted... The, the, the connection that when you make it to an artist, it's, I would say it's more than what it is what it used to be but it's certainly as deep if maybe not um you know more affluent yeah no t- totally man because it's like they're choosing to spend their time to listen to you as opposed to Versus just just like hey here's like, what's on the radio oh, okay, now I get a what worldwide catalog of music of all time right and it just it grows it's grown in the last 20 years infinitely yeah to 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 I did the math one time you cannot physically um, you sit down and listen to every recorded piece of music ever. You you wouldn't even, I can't remember what it was, but you wouldn't even get like nowhere near halfway through if you started as a baby and lived to 100 and nothing, you, all you did were exposed to different songs and listened to the entire catalog of music of the history of the world. That's You wouldn't be able to listen to it all. So crazy. So that was one, one night I was late up thinking about this and just one of the special things about my career, I was like, that was insight. 
Like, everybody that supports me is super special because it means something. It means that much to, to me. Yep. Yeah, it should mean that much to me, every person, because time is such a valuable thing. Yeah, man. Yep. That's why I say all the time, it's like, it's like when I when I go to a festival, or we, if we're playing a festival or playing a show, people buy tickets, and it's like, it's like your there's other things you could be doing right now, but for people that are fans of music like that, that are taking the chance on a, on a local band or bands that are up and coming, it's like you've you're you're working your ass off so you can take the money that you've earned and spend a couple hours with this piece of music that nobody else really cares about mm-hmm. but you've decided that you care about this or you want to support the person whatever it might be and that's what's so amazing about this whole festival scene is that that's a, a unique fan in that sense you know like festival scene like like maybe like the metal scene it's organic people, yeah it's yeah it's like it's like everybody versus like you know like pop music where people are just putting on the radio it's just whatever they're force fed right. on the radio that day yeah. so people are are choosing to spend their time with you and that's just a a quality that you have to be so thankful for in these fans yeah. in the scene, you know. Mm-hmm. That was a really insightful comment, and I think uh, I'm going to resign as your publicist <laughs> because you don't need me. Yeah. <laughs> and way to go, bud. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, do you need me? Oh, no. Maybe. Yeah. No. I'm cheap. You're cheap. Would you were for free? No. It's, it's great. It pays me great exposure, though. If, <laughs> if if you're rich, I'm cheap. Yeah. That's a real. That's really fun. No. Um, I actually did. We have to get to unpopular opinions in a minute, but I, yeah. I wanted to. Let me go to the bathroom before we do that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Potty break. I have one more question that I want to ask okay. you in regards to being in separate bands and writing for separate bands. Mm-hmm. Do you, when you write, do you choose to sit down and write, or do you just wait till it comes to you? Number one and number two, uh, how do you decide where that song is going? Whether it's for you or for melody or whatever other project you're involved in. Um, number one, I normally don't sit down and try to write. It's normally, it's coming over me. I'm like, damn, I I get get to a pencil, get to a guitar and piano, like ASAP. Because I'm just, or I'm close enough that I'm like, oh shit, let's grab it. Here it comes. Right. Um, but when I've sat down and tried to write, you know, stuff comes out. But it really is. A, this song is a testament to how songs come to you, you know, just from another place, you know, from intuition, you know, f- uh, from the spiritualness that we don't understand right. what music is. Um, you know, it comes from, from somewhere else that fast. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do like sitting down and, and, and the idea of <clears throat> forcing yourself to write. Yeah, it's good because stuff good comes out. It's, it's maybe not the same. It's a different, you know, way to get there. And they're not any one's not more special than the other. Like a song that took me a few years to write is just as can be just as important and special and meaningful and deep as one that took me thirty minutes. Right, I understand. Yeah. <clears throat> so number two would probably be um, what was number two? <laughs> Where do you choose? Uh, yeah, how do you, how do you cho- choose between your original stuff and then the band you're in? Um, normally, I sit down intentionally to write for that project or the other. Even though I don't sit down and write a lot, it's just it's kind of it is one thing or the other. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 as soon as I start kind of being able to, you know, 
more visualize the idea, I could make a better decision on like, I oh, see. this is something that, this is something the band would, you know, this would be perfect for Melody Trucks band, or this is something, you know, this is, this is probably my stuff right here. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. This is, this is a song about my, um, you know, love, um, ups and downs. You know, songs like that. I'm like, yeah, that's my stuff. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, for the most part, um, but, but in 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 the end we we wrote and brought things in for the band and things that were weren't for the band for for the album um can you feel me now was not necessarily for the band i started writing it and then uh like started collaborating with <clears throat> um isaac and melody one day on the lyrics and then we brought the song into the rest of the band and that's know, my uh second favorite song on the album mm-hmm. uh next to the other one that you wrote which is fuck the I can't remember what it's called at the moment, man. But it's such a good. It's you and Melody sing it together. I think. Fire inside, bro. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's oh, the a, sunset song. Yep, yep yeah, that one. Sure. That yeah. one. And can you feel me now? Like every time I hear those tears, I'm just like, fuck it. See, and that's two two different intentions. Yeah. Um, can you feel me now? Was not necessarily written for the band. I just started to write it one day, and it, and it happens for some personal instances, you know. Um, and. It's just real life stuff in, from relationships that wasn't necessarily, you know, boo-hoo, you know, I lost my girlfriend. Yeah. It was, you know, more of like drama and people talking about stuff that they weren't supposed to. Yeah. Like, you know, like, well, he said this. Oh, you were supposed to say that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It definitely comes out in the lyrics for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, so that was, there was no real intent there with that song other than it was just kind of free-flowing. But, and Fire Inside was totally intentful. Uh, me and Isaac <clears throat> had taken, uh, did did some gigs up in, in North Carolina. So we were like, let's write for the band. Yeah. Let's let's see what comes out. We're going up to the, his parents' cabin. It's just on, some, you know, some beautiful acreage up there in the Nantahala, uh National Forest. <clears throat> Perfect spot to get away and and really do that. So we're let's write intent, you know, intentionally for the band. And one day we walked up side of the mountain up to the stream and this this beautiful waterfall we sat there and got a little fire going you know drinking some beers you know probably smoked a joint i can't remember sounds amazing <laughs> probably though right but we sat there and started working on that song and it came from a place of intention and we you know so so those are two different things but then you know could you tell that by just listening to the song? Maybe not. No, I don't. No. It, as an outsider, no, not but at all. But it's the it's the interesting point, you know. Maybe the parts of like, hearing something behind the story of a song, like where totally. did it come from? Totally, mm-hmm. totally. It's um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go to the bathroom, you go go for yeah, it. Okay. I got I got one more question. I want to ask talk you. about me while I'm gone. Oh, for sure. What a great guy! This episode's kind of a dud, right? No, <laughs> it went by so quickly. Every single every single episode that goes by so quickly, I'm just like, oh, it's over. Yo, I, I really, I, I say, I, I, like, we would need like another episode with with Brady to get through the other questions like, that yeah, I have. So mom, can I go in the ball pit one more time? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, man, those are always my, like the best How episodes you doing? for sure. I'm doing phenomenal. I'm feel, this wine is really good. This second bottle we opened up. I don't know what it is, but it's because it was in the refrigerator. It's, it's nice and well. It's got like a smokier kind of flavor, like a like a flavor too. I don't know if you maybe a little swig and you like, you, you spit it back in. I mean, it's definitely red. You don't spit it back in. Oh, for fuck's sakes, dude! There is something wrong it's with good. you. Oh my god! <sighs> it's good. Tastes like coronavirus. <laughs> you, you doing okay? I'm doing great. 
feel good. Okay. How do you feel? Out of ten. <laughs> Out of ten. Um, I'll be honest with you. I was working my ass off for like two months uh, straight for Greenhouse and for Side Hustle and for um, uh, the Monster Mash thing. And I'm just like, it's over now. And on, on the books, we've got well, that one show. Playing Nights nice uh, Now 4, uh, November 21st. Yeah, November, November 21st. And yeah. and that I'm just like, okay. Kind of taking it easy. I'm taking it easy, but I'm 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 tired of taking it easy. I want to take it hard. We'll start practicing again. <laughs> Get take it hard. Yeah, I want to take it real hard. I don't know if you noticed, uh, Brady's an aggressive power bottom, so he's got you what? covered. No, he's not. I was, was a, it was like an inside. I mean, joke. Was, on if that's what his deal is, but I think he's had girlfriend like twice. I made a <laughs> <laughs> I made a joke at Halloween. Nothing. <laughs> we were just talking shit. <laughs> I made a joke. We're gonna when get we were canceled at, here in a bit. I, I, I made a joke when we were out when we were. Yeah, sorry, I didn't pour you a glass, bud. I just you were in the middle of talking, and I didn't want I didn't want huh? to do the reach around for you. I was waiting for you to hand it to me. But this is great wine, and thank you yeah, so much for really bringing liquor. Uh, <laughs> okay, I did. Um, You're right, I did. So um, yeah, you did. Yeah, okay. So before we get to unpopular opinions, there you uh, in Melody Trucks Band, you guys have an interesting dynamic where there's like literally just. Everybody in that band has been a band leader at one point or another. To put it down. Oh, true. Yeah, it's my fault. That makes sense. Smart man right there. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, so you guys are basically a bunch of band leaders in one band. What's it like writing in that scenario? And what was it like working in the studio with all those different personalities? Everyone must have had really strong opinions about stuff. That's a very good question. Yeah. Um, that was the most challenging, I guess, writing process I've been a part of because everything I've done before that was just mainly myself, a little bit of co-writing with Isaac and some other friends of mine, my buddy Corey, um, you know, and it's co-writing, you know, two, two or three people, you know, vibing on something is a lot different than seven. Yeah. Um, for sure. So most of what everybody brought in was kind of already a song ish and we you know like stuck to okay well here here's here's the meat and potatoes what do we want to do with it as a band and i think even though most of the songs came in with with a lot you know to work with it was still a very challenging process to get through the arrangements and uh but yet just, i mean even more rewarding because you got through it, and seven people contributed, and you're just looking at the track. It's not the same track. It's not yeah. the same track that it was. You yeah, know? totally. And it's a, it's a completely different song now. You know, and that's just a great feeling. It's a sense of accomplishment when, you know, you can all put your heads together and and come out of the room without, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, pooping on everybody's ideas. Like fighting over know? egos and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's you really have to leave out ego outside of the room. And that's the only way we <clears throat> accomplished that. Was it a similar experience when you guys were in the studio recording? No, we we actually had more fun, I think, in the studio than we had uh, writing um, and getting everything ready to go in. And then uh, the producer we worked with, Dave Murphy, was a friend of Melody's dad's yeah. uh, back in the day. And, uh, you know, had, had a family history with her. And, and he came to meet us, I think, at... Um, at Uncle Wayne's at one of the Bayard shows. Yeah. And he's like, man, I'm just digging a vibe. And we met him. We were like, we, we like Dave, too. So we, we 
did the record at his place in Tallahassee. And, <clears throat> yeah, the vibe the vibe for that was just fun. You know, we, we went in there, hung over a little bit, you know. Yeah. You know, from a, a long there. weekend of, you know, uh, playing and then being off and partying and then trying to, you know, go straight into the studio. Um, I think I slept in the drum room <laughs> like oh. for a couple of hours. Billy's like some past out the studio too. He's he's a fan of sleeping at the studio because I work a night shift job, not because <laughs> I get hung over. I saw a room. meme about that this week. Yeah, you go. What do you mean? Man, people that work late, people yeah, that, people that don't don't understand. No, they don't. I d- I've been doing it for ten years. Oh, I work late, um, but my work is you know sometimes partying. If you work, if you work and in, not going to sleep, if so you work I don't know. At Four a.m. Well, I, sometimes late. I don't go to sleep at all. I'm people, people, sometimes people who work the night shift, they they're like, "Yeah, I get off at two in the morning." I'm like, "Okay, bud, I get off at six thirty in the morning." <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it's a different night shift. Yeah, way different, different work. You know, I'm partying. You're working. But, yeah, you know, partying work is work. What are you gonna do? So keep going. Uh, but yeah, no, it was uh, working with Dave. It was fun being in the studio. I think we had uh, more fun doing that than than uh, getting through the writing process. But it, it, you know, it's just like anybody's, you know, a bit tenuous at times. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's take five. Yeah, definitely. You know, or, or somebody takes five themselves. Yeah, for sure. You know, and uh, we just all took turns doing it and just coaxing everybody in. You know, somebody will walk outside, or it's you know a certain person will go outside and be like, hey, go outside, and make you know, see. We take five. Make sure they're good. You know? Yeah. Let's let's bring it back in, and I think the the family vibe that Melody really brought to the group and tried to establish. And what we really wanted to, to not just to the group, but to bring with the music and to other people and everybody that comes to this, that was, you know, what got us through that those processes of, you know, just, okay, let's bring it back to what are we here for? You know, yeah. we all love music. This, you know, we're here to make the best best thing we can make. So, um, you know, all that all that all that stuff actually really <clears throat> worked itself out. Yeah. When, when you really everybody cares about the project. <clears throat> Interesting experience, isn't it? Being in the studio when you're like listening to your music, really for the first time in a lot of cases in the third person, mm-hmm. and also under that kind of a auditory microscope, and then uh, the criticism that you give yourself, the criticism that others are giving you, in a room where there's no natural light coming in, there's probably no windows, yeah. soundproof, so that no gets vitamin to D. You. Yeah, you go in and it's uh, it's you know it's daylight and then you walk outside after where you felt like it was 10 minutes and it's dark you know mm-hmm. just like that that kind of psychology just it, it can fuck with you after a little while you know yeah and it's a real thing what's it uh they call it ear fatigue yeah from, i'll from tell you what there, man, listen back to mixes and i'll and sit there tracking. and be hearing shit that's not happening all the yeah. time that shit so you guys fucking hear that so yeah. everyone's just like no man you're fucking going crazy, crazy. that's what i learned yeah. from jim devito too is um walking away from it at a certain point we put in like 10 to 12 hour days when we were trying to track yep. and then going going back and doing another 10 to 12 hour day and trying to uh, you know do all your your overdubs and stuff yep. at a certain point in 10 to 12 hours your ears are just done yep you know if you're 100%. setting up for a good amount of time you know that's that's we'll give you a break but being in the studio working <clears throat> you'll come back the next day and things you heard, or or maybe not the next day, maybe thirty minutes, but you give your ears a break and your mind a break, 
and reset. you hear something totally different. You heard, you maybe heard it in a way that wasn't. It's almost good like the a complete time. waste of time to work that long no. on something, isn't Disagree. it? If you think about it. No, Billy's trying to get to me right now. It's always no. It seems like you should uh, work on it for like four hours, no, take a break, not. and then come back to it. No, you. Ha- I think you have to work till the fatigue sets in. Oh, you have to realize sakes. the fatigue and worth, then walk away. Worth because you may you may get some of that gold stuff, you know, some gold intakes, right before. You get fatigued. That's or you might get it while it's fatigued. While you're, you're fatigued. Like, but that's a good idea. I'm going to have to hit that when I'm not fatigued. Come yeah. on, Billy. Sounds like a great idea. We go get a drink <laughs> and then come back and listen to him like, yeah, that's dope. Wrap it up. Yeah. That's <laughs> why it would be. I'm just teasing, but it is interesting for any sort of other art uh, subject. It is more of just like... It's not done yet. It's not done yet. It's not done yet. But it's it's not because <laughs> it's because it's not because that you're tired of looking at it. It's just not done. But with the ear fatigue thing, that you're like, oh, this is great. This is yeah. perfect. This is amazing. You come back the next day. Exactly. It's oh, this is terrible. Shit. Yeah. Or yeah. or like just you so didn't you didn't notice hearing, that before or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, you've heard the same shit over and over again. You're just like, yeah. that sounds fine. Like you're you're exhausted. And then you hear it. Yeah, ex- yeah. And it's like it. yeah, man. And it's, then it's like William Shatner sitting there from uh, the Brad Paisley celebrity <laughs> video. He's like, shit. Yeah. Caca. Yeah, caca. <laughs> I like the end of the song. Yeah. You know when you stop playing. Yeah. I like and that. The music stop. Like, That's a. I like that. So <laughs> you ever seen the uh, the quickest Amy Winehouse interview ever? She's just getting mm-hmm. off stage and someone's like. Amy, that was such a wonderful show. It's like, oh, that was right, shite, but thanks for saying so. And then just like walk yeah, out. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like yeah, it's just yeah, shit the whole time. But oh, that's I, I, I can I can vibe fatigue. with that. <laughs> I, I understand ear fatigue and everything, yeah. and and it's man, just, it's, it's such just, a magical process to me. I love it so it's, much. It's my favorite place in the world. About it at all, it's yeah. like watching paint dry. It's no man on meth. I would if I could. <laughs> <laughs> if, that sounds fun, actually. Yeah. Um, I said, <laughs> Staring at a wall for twelve um, hours. I, uh, if I could, like, I could literally, you could tell me that you you will never play a gig again, but you can work in the studio the rest of your life. I would take the studio every time. <sighs> Not even <sighs> fucking shot at that. I like game. performing, man, but I like seeing. If they said you can never record anything the rest of your life, it'd be like, and you can just like, uh, I'd sign up immediately. Yeah, I, I would. I would be hung up on the fact of like, you know. Yeah, how it feels to rock out to that Duh, song once it's recorded, sure. right? Duh. The, that feeling, sure, know, like, and never, never like pushing it into the 3D world. Yeah, I get, I totally get that, <clears throat> and, I, and I love performing, I really mm-hmm. do. But it's like when I'm in the studio, it's like all the options all of a sudden become available to you, and you're just like, what can I really do Ugh. with this three chord song that I wrote, you know, in my bedroom? Like, what can I really do with this? And all of a sudden, it's mm-hmm. like everything just comes to life yeah and it could be exhausting and te- and you can hate yourself you can hate the people that you're working with for a little while you can hate your engineer for a little while but and everyone's just going to be listening to it out of their laptop speakers so <laughs> well <laughs> but it's not about everybody else sometimes it's also about yeah, it's you. about the audio files man <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah where are the audio files at you're still out there That's people right. uh, was it two years ago the uh, vinyl sales were like skyrocketing higher, higher than cd finally. yeah yeah People don't have CD players. Yeah, because they don't have CD players. Vinyls are making a comeback randomly, which is great. I love vinyls. Yeah. <laughs> Vinyl sales never went anywhere. Just CDs stopped selling. Yeah, That's all, like, all right, no more yeah. CDs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we got to get to unpopular opinions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to do rapid fire oh, one. Yeah, we got to do rapid so fire. Fun. Thanks, guys, for having me so again. Man, we thank come you for up doing this. Yeah, thank you, Billy. Thank you, Anton. Cheers. Yeah, we'll have you yes, on again. I hope everyone watches this whole episode because this is such a good – the entire way through, it's like just such a good – 
Just inf- great information the entire this way is, through. This is going to be the best one. This is going to be the biggest one. It's going to be if we get the most views hey, on it. We're gonna, we're if we gonna gonna break start, 50, we're good. We'll start calling it top of the bill. <laughs> top of the bill. Well, just no. for one episode. No, no, just for one, one episode. No, that was the thing. We were talking about start, start a record start label. on the bottom. Stay, Stay on the bottom. bottom. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna start, start on the bottom. Now we're here. We're just, you started on the bottom. Now, now we're, we're here. here. Now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> we started making t-shirts. It was just saying like, "Fuck it, start on the bottom." We should podcast. Staying on the bottom. It's a great, podcast great t-shirts. logo too. By the way, the bottom of the bill logo. Thanks. That was, yeah. that was all Bill. You, you did it. That. No, I wish I could say I took credit for it, but you, uh, you um, Fiverr. Fiverr. Nice. I paid. Thirty-five dollars for Worked it. Out so you commissioned so. that. Yes, that I commissioned. Piece. Yeah, it was all me. It was just all as me. important. Yeah. I wish I could uh, remember his name, but he is from Thailand, so I don't know. <laughs> it's probably. I was gonna. I was gonna say something racist, but you know. Why Jeffrey you Epstein. No. <laughs> no. Nope. Oh, that's a good one, though. I like yeah. that. That's good. I heard he died. <laughs> you know, that's, that's actually what people should be talking about, Jeffrey Epstein. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> we were yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, yeah, let's get, get let's get to the bottom of that after right. this. After this, after this. Yeah. Um, my we're first unpopular opinion is I'm actually not a huge Wolfpack fan. What? Um, I like what? Hold on, what? hold on. I'm gonna. What? There's a caveat. There's a caveat yeah, here. Uh, I'm actually much more of a fan of each of their projects. On their own. No. Theo which, Katzman, which are, Corey Wong. Really? Uh, you should listen to them. No, no. Theo Katzman. Theo, I follow him on Instagram. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Great. Corey Wong is also amazing. Okay, yeah, I follow him too. Uh, um, Antoine Stanley is awesome. Um, Corey um, anybody with the name Joe Antoine Dart. or Anton? Does no. Joe Dart? Not into it, yeah. What else you got? Project? <laughs> but Joe Dart just plays in everybody else's shit. It sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, know they all had separate projects. He plays that guy... Theo, however you say his last name, the mandolin player. Oh, Chris Thiele. 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 Sorry, thank you. Uh, Corey Wong does a lot of work with him, too, on his his side. It's amazing. Honestly, it's very unpopular opinion. Corey Wong does a lot of, like, cool Americana, like, slash classical stuff on guitar. It's amazing. So the unpopular... Opinion is is that you're not a big very Wolfpack not a very just big like, fan. I like Wolfpack and their their like their live show is amazing. It's it's awesome. It's really cool to watch. But I'd rather listen to to any of their solo projects over Wolfpack. Nah. Hmm. Yeah, I would say that's great. an un- unpopular opinion because yeah. mainly, you know those. <laughs> Other side projects aren't as popular. As I know. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, it's an unpopular. It's like I'd, unpopular I'd have to bit. dig in more into Corey Wong and uh, like the and the other guys' side projects. I haven't heard much. I've I'll just, send you some. I've links, heard bro. like the. Uh, their last two albums. I I'll, I'll, I'll send you some links. I got yeah, you. Yeah, send me links. I'll send you some links, bro. And send even the <laughs> even the new uh, uh, Volpeck album is amazing. It's it's yeah, it's good. I've just like. I've also listened to Corey Wong's new album, and I'm much more impressed by that. I've also listened to Theo's new album, which I'm much more impressed by that. I like it's it, just, but it's kind of the same thing the whole time. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so, but so is Wolfpack's album, so. No, I disagree. Okay. Uh, anyways, What's your unpopular what opinion there, Bill? Where'd you go, dude? <laughs> Where'd Where did I go? All right. <laughs> He's disappeared. Uh, 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 my first uh, uh, is the, the news that came out last night about the vaccine for the coronavirus. It says that the Pfizer vaccine has 90% uh, efficacy. It's a new word I just learned. Efficacy? Uh, yeah, it means That's it's cool. Can you spell that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> it's, uh, uh, but it just means it's 90% effective, and it just sounds too good to be true. Yeah, that sounds right. All I right. feel like they should they should lowball it. Lowball a little bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe, like, maybe, yeah, give, maybe allow some headroom. Maybe yeah. under, undersell the show a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. 33%. Pull the fucking Eddie better and maybe put it at 60%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
That was a good Tim Hall show reference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. All right, go ahead. Uh, all right, so my next unpopular opinion. Wait, is, I don't get to do one? No, no, no. no you we get one. Three, you, you, we, we save, you for, save the guest for we last. Say, we save oh, the guest for last. Okay, yeah. Not the best, I get to think about it a little bit more before, <laughs> before I say this. Think, think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I like being in more of a support role musically than I do like being in, in the spotlight. Like a nurse? <laughs> yeah, I like being the nurse on stage rather than like the fucking surgeon or maybe the surgical assistant. And what, what I'm saying is, clean is that people, people give me shit sometimes. A bedpan specialist. Yeah, people give me shit sometimes <laughs> about not taking solos on I'm stage, yeah. or uh, or or just like maybe not being like trying to be the center of attention. Um, and I just like sometimes I like just laying back. You got, and being you got that Derek truck spot. Yeah, but I'm not good enough to pull it off. So no, no, like no, you to, do it. No, you got you. Pull off the vibe completely. I pull the vibe off my my playing. You're you're chilling over here. You command the stage, and from one area, when you move, you know it it speaks volumes. You know, you walk around, you walk this way. When he does something different, that's when it speaks. You know, like Uh, you you command the stage as your own as your own person. That's why I try. That's why. But you do have that Derek Trucks vibe because you're you're not like you're not a flashy guy. No, I'm very stoic. You're about the music though. Yeah, because it sends a message like. All right, it's, this is more about the music. This ain't about the show. You right. go to see a different show, you're going to be like, this ain't so much about the music. This is more about the show. More about the show, right? Brady, I feel like that's, you're a, lot, about- that's a lot of words for boring. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Can you say that one more time? I might have to be on Anton's side on this. Can you say boring one more time? <laughs> boring. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. That's that fun. <laughs> this dude came out of the womb just saying, I ain't got none. I ain't got none. <laughs> Shoot. Boring. Shoot. Boring. I'm boring. Boring. There's a G at the end of that word, by Where the way. Where y'all from? Yeah, I, gotta, I, gotta, I, gotta I just got back here from Kentucky. I'm from Miami. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. Rapid I, fire. Okay, I, 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 like, I like being, the, not even just like not being like the center of attention on stage, but also like being an accompaniment on guitar, you know, comping and like it's c- coming up with, well, it's not just easier, but it's not always easier to, to do, y'all to get be paid cr- the same. to be creative. <laughs> yeah. Whether, whether you play harmonica or drums. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Ooh, I actually, <laughs> actually, my old band leader was a harmonica player and he was amazing. Uh, but anyways, uh, <laughs> Isaac as well is amazing. There it is. Isaac. That was, yeah, we, all, we always mess with him. Like, Cause um, you know, you walk in with a harmonica. That's, that's one thing, but. You know, when you're in a band, you know, you're, you're lugging all the sound equipment, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's been one thing just to be a harmonica player, but when you're a harmonica player in a band, you got to carry all the shit, That's too. That's true. Oh, yeah. the band, old band, my old band leader was like that, also. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, being creative while being an accompaniment player, to me, is a lot more fun than being this. Like, the soloist is like, yeah, well, we know what we're doing here. But when you're, like, to get creative with, like, a rhythm role... To me, is really fun. And it took can, me a while to, to understand that, and I feel like I've I've taken that on pretty well. Yeah, I'm not perfect at it yet, but you uh, got better. Don't pat yourself on the back yet. No, 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 no. no. Don't but pat yourself. I was real bad. Yeah, you were I, real bad. I was I was just like solo the whole time. So yeah, totally. But, but yeah. now now you I still have like, your moments. But we yeah, you're yeah, working course, on it though. Yeah, of course, but most of the he's time. working on it. No, I'm working on it. You gotta give him a fucking. You gotta give him. You know, give him some time. Give it. Give him a bone, man. Don't whoop I throw the guy a bone. You know. Anyway, all right, right. What's your second? Uh, second one is I'm gonna miss Donald Trump. Yeah, you're gonna miss Donald Trump. I'm just gonna, gonna miss him. I'm just gonna mess him. That's it. Like I don't not, like. Do you love president. him? I don't. I like, I like him a lot. Would you marry? <laughs> would you marry him? I'm not gonna marry him. 
<laughs> you're gonna miss Guys, a Twitter post. You're gonna miss. Uh, I'm gonna miss a Twitter post. I'm gonna you miss probably, you probably random. You're gonna miss mine too. Random facts and stuff. Everybody misses my Twitter post. Everyone misses. What do you mean? Nobody. There's just no action on Twitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bro, I don't. I, don't I, know. I gave up on Twitter. It's just. It's really interesting. Completely. It's. It's like we had this like giant fucking like uh, hill of just like just Trump the entire way about all everything that he's saying, and now it's just like oh it's oh I didn't I wasn't ready for it to be over yet. You weren't ready for for the well, for the national boredom though. That's what, to, yeah. I wanted like I, I, I wanted a little bit more of of the just like craziness, and then it's just like oh no, he's not important anymore. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. But uh, which I'm saying with like a, in tongue in cheek, but at the same time like. God damn it! It was fucking hilarious the stuff that he would say half the time at like three o'clock in the morning. He's yeah, a great he was, comedian, not really a president, but great comedian. You know, nah, and uh, uh, a very misunderstood guy. Now that's a communion <laughs> sip for sure. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Don't worry about it. You brought it. I gotta go to work anyways. Yeah, it's got. Yeah, wine legs. What's that? That's when you drink too much. You can't stand up. <laughs> What I was gonna say was I can't, I can't believe we got through this whole thing without anybody mentioning politics. But Billy had to do Billy it. Had oh, to do he it, had to do it. This really was a civil it. discussion. No, uh, well, it was really funny because we don't agree on that at all. But uh, I mean, the, not, the civilness or well, the, 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 the actual discussion, the no. politics. Oh, imagine, imagine that you yeah. two yeah. Yeah. agreeing <laughs> on something. He, <laughs> he's <laughs> conservative, and I'm fucking. Let me just clarify: I'm not a Trump supporter, though. Okay, I'm conservative. I'm not a Trump supporter. Doesn't matter. It's done. So okay. Anyways, um, we'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll come back. Yeah. Uh, going back to what we were saying earlier, it was weird that we got there. I really enjoy the business side of the music industry. I love it. People tell me how like my dad always t- told me growing up. My dad's a bass player. Mm-hmm. He always told me growing up, he said, "I hate the music industry. I just want to play." And I'm just like, as I got older and started seeing the shit, I was like, "Yeah, I mean, it's grimy as fuck, but yeah. I love it. I, I love the makes- the 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 interplay of how things work together and how creative you can get with how you do things, whether it's PR stuff or booking or you know album artwork and writing music, like all of it together, like your image and how you." How you package that all together and sell a product? That to me is like it's interesting, it's creative, and it's fun. You have to be a bit of a maverick to 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 want to take that on. Yeah, exactly. Because it's you know, it's a lot of self exploratories. You know, like who am I? What do I do? What's what what's cool about me? What you know? What are people gonna relate to? Yeah, and fi- and see and see and see the the mo like like kind of the mo of what's of the industry right now as it is, and 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 having like this. Excuse me. I guess it's a bit of an ego, but like uh, we're all we, we all kind of have an ego for playing music for people, you know. But like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, it, it's oh, like no. it's like not me and Billy. Not me. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, you. <laughs> your band name is Brady Clampett. Okay. <laughs> that's a really that's a really good band name. It's a, it's a great band. You ever heard of the band? No. So, <laughs> I, I think it's a really good band name though. So so to look at kind of what the what what the mo is of the current landscape and saying. How can I do? How can I operate in this world, but do something a little different that the guys that have a million dollars behind them aren't thinking about? You know what I mean? Like it takes a certain level of like of of I don't know, just ego to be to say to think that you can even compete. But it's fun to try and put yourself in that mindset. It's, you know? it's like what I said earlier. It exactly relates to that. <clears throat> it's about the. Um, uh, <laughs> I wish I could remember now. It's. Uh, um, 
it's not so much the ego. It's it's about the trusting the process and the intuition. Yeah, and and wanting to do it, you know, versus the guarantee. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, putting faith in yourself to really, to to yeah, the to, possibility versus the guarantee. Like, okay, this this could happen. I could do this, and this it could do this. But you know, if it's guaranteed, what's it's just different. Yeah, it's just it's, it's this type of work ethic that. You know, we all need to actually, you know, maybe get back to a little bit more. And, and America's like, uh, let me do this for myself. Yeah, exactly. I have this fear of you, uh, it, like if a side hustle, you know, splits ways and then you keep on going down the business path of music and then I keep on going the like performance path and then like some somewhere down the line, you're going to have to fucking hire me. Would be so fucking. Oh, I'd love off. that. Yeah, you, know, you you the price just went up. The price just went way up. So, <laughs> so what? Uh, so, what do you guys got a band here? Oh, you got Billy Bagley. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Uh, make sure he gets no more than fifty dollars per <laughs> gig. How about that? I knew that would be it. This fucking guy. That, was that your third one? That was my third one. Okay, I got one more too, and I just uh, texted my boss saying that I'm really gonna be late today. Oh, Billy's that's cute. Billy's got a day job, guys. Night shift. Super adorable. A night shift job. Uh, uh, here's one, and it's a little bit relative. I've been a little sour about a situation that occurred to our band, but I'm not gonna go into it too much. But here, go into it a little out, bit. <laughs> <clears throat> band should only play top 40 popular songs exactly how they're written, with no compounding on musical ideas within said songs, and no new music should ever be made from here on out. And that's how you keep a gig, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> No new music from, should be made. For What's him. the point? Why would you want anybody to hear new music? We uh, we we, we, we got a uh, we, we got, got fired from we a bar fired. for doing our own takes on very popular songs, and apparently the crowd we Loved were a little too so much. jammy for yeah. the crowd. Even though they were singing along with every song and asked for an encore, we were too jammy for oh. the crowd. Yeah, what are you gonna do? I won't tell you the name of the place. Dude, you guys are jamming, man. You yeah. guys are fucking. Dude, they're they're jamming a little too hard. They're jamming a little too hard. All right, talk <laughs> right, to them. the guitar solo. I'm out. I'm talk to the place. manager. Yeah, exactly. I think there was one lady who was trying to get us to play Creed all night, and we don't play any Creed. And she probably <laughs> complained because we kept telling her no, not because we didn't want to do it, but also I don't want to do Is it. Is that Billy's sister? <laughs> you have a sister. I do have his mouths in the Creed or what? I was in the Creed when I was a kid. Yeah, I was who, too. Who wasn't when they were when it was first? Human Clay out? is one of the best sophomore albums of all time. Okay, I actually, <laughs> actually, um, my first my first year of college, I took uh, biology from the drummer's dad. That's right, Scott because Phillips. Because they're all from Tallahassee. Yeah, they're Tallahassee. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, about I was that. in Madison Community College, and and Scott Phillips's dad is probably the funniest guy, a, a biology teacher ever. Really? Yeah. Is Scott Stapp really a dick? I heard he's a dick. Uh, Scott Stapp? I don't know. I've never met him. Mm. No. Well, Brady, what's uh, what's uh, your unpopular opinion? My unpopular opinion? Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. I really, I really, my unpopular opinion is that, um, you know, Alex Jones was only wrong about Sandy Hook, you know? <laughs> That's the only thing he was wrong about. I actually like 100%. But he admitted that he was wrong about it. Yeah, he did. did, But he got got canceled from YouTube. He did. He's not on YouTube, Facebook, Apple. um, I watched the Rogan interview. Yeah, me too. The whole thing. It was amazing. He's like pulling up all this shit and they're verifying it like in real time on Rogan's podcast. You're just like, bro. Joe's scared that he's going to get fucking. I uh, mean, that's pretty much the only thing that he was wrong about. Yeah, I know. It's a very unpopular opinion. It is. I don't hate. 
hate Alex. I mean, he's a little he's a little much, but I don't hate the guy. You know what I mean? You know, it's just like, you know, do you like, uh, do you stick your steak with salt and pepper on it? Oh, I'm, I put the fucking spice on my steak. <laughs> Fuck no, bro. He's, he's I'll gotta put, be I put it. the fucking spice on my steak, bro. No. And I'm saying, like, Alex Jones is a little bit of spice on, on your he's steak. He's like a little bit of spice and ketchup. He's, like, you gotta, you gotta sting a ketchup right there next to it. Not A1, you know? Like, yeah. Or you're like, like, this you're... is gonna be tangy. Yes. <laughs> I don't really understand why he exists as a person, though. It is the most weird character that has existed in America. He's a wild personality, <laughs> I will say. Yeah. He's He's, he, he is wild, but um, man, like he jumps around more than I do. Yeah, yeah. It, way more than this. We can't even. We can't. We're nowhere near how he can. That dude around. takes but that dude takes at least sixty game. milligrams of Adderall every day, though. You know he does. I don't think he's on. I watched my yeah. Rogan. Uh, yeah, he's, he's like, bro, you're fucking. You're on some other shit. You're not you taking what? bathroom breaks. You know so. what? I actually heard recently, um, and I was a little bit more about that type of culture. They. A lot of reporters and journalists, Adderall is a huge thing. Yeah. Because they stay up. I mean, a lot of talk, the, the, the talking points and the news stuff comes out at 4 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of them are staying up, waiting until that, or they're, you know, getting up and then trying to stay up through the rest of the day until they write their article. Breaking yeah. news, amphetamines make you more productive. <laughs> uh, okay. I had, I had my it's, own. It's a, it is a big part of that culture. I had, my own, I, own, I had my own bout with it for about uh, oh, the yeah? last seven years, and I had to quit. <laughs> really? It's real. It's. I'm telling you, I was very productive, but then it was like when you when you don't have it and you're crashing, yeah. you are the worst human being in the world. Right. And that was affecting my relationship, is affecting my ability to be a band leader and to be in a band yeah, at all. Would, yeah. yeah. And, and so I reptilian, so, so it worked out. Yeah, so no, it worked out hard for to to, to go to that. Yeah, it's it's literally it's it's like I I always justified it in the sense where it's like oh well you're getting a lot of work done, but I couldn't justify the state of mind that would make me in if I didn't have it, and it was like so I stopped doing it because it was literally like affecting my relationship to a really negative point. So it was like okay well you have to quit this or this is going to be the end of your relationship, and could possibly destroy your relationship with the band as well. So um and I stopped and I, and I felt like, like overall like I like it's made me. Quitting it has made me just a more consistently. I mean, I still have like my mood swings and shit. I'm a moody guy, <laughs> but sorry. like, yeah. I, what I was trying to say, like, waiting for you to stop, is that you have been like just baseline, just be like since I met you with your emotions, and then I hadn't. I, you were on Adderall at what point? Oh, for the entire <laughs> time you've known me. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to yeah, say. You've so been like. I, yeah, I had a yeah, I had a, a pretty serious Adderall addiction. Yeah, yeah and your and mood I just stopped doing it. Mood swings. Yeah, but the That's thing hilarious. is, that I don't. That's the worst part. I I don't I don't like I don't show my like I'm not like very vocal about like what I'm going through in the moment emotionally. But in my mind, it's like somebody had said something that normally would just be like okay, whatever. And that, but like in that moment, if I was like crashing, it'd be like literally oh, I could fucking kill you right now. Yeah, yeah. But I would just keep my mouth shut because it's just like. Yeah. It's just better to say nothing. And also, every task when I wasn't on it was just the biggest, it was the most monumental task in the world. I gotta fucking write an email. God fucking damn it, man. It's like, just get the fuck out of bed and do something, you lazy piece of shit. You know what I mean? So, anyways. This is getting real. I was saying, man. And the other thing is, like, I've been incorporating exercise into, like, trying to uh, eat right and and just, you know, be. 
Yeah, it but, makes uh, a world of difference. It really does. Yeah. You know, like exercise, getting out, walking for 20 minutes. Yep. I mean, it just does wonders for your body and just your putting mind. the right shit in your body. Your body starts to work better. Yeah. You know, it's just. I mean, all I mean, look and, at, and that's really all our bodies are lacking is is normal exercise and stuff. We don't we don't need drugs and stuff to propel us to to the stars. You know, we no. the human body and mind is the greatest thing on earth. It can already do that. It's already gotten us to the stars. Exactly. You know, like, we just we just get caught up in like like what Billy was saying earlier. Trends. A lot of us were introverts, so it's like we we like to have like these social lubricants to kind of help us with things. Gross. So you know, there's there's those times, but you know, like. I can say that I've spent a lot of my career uh, trying to find ways to, to amplify my abilities. And, you know, Adderall helped me a lot, but it also made me that much worse when I didn't have it. And I found myself at a more consistently kind of just I'm, I'm here more than like fucking here and then down here. I'm just kind of like cruising right you're here like, now. Oh, it's good to know about you. <laughs> yeah. Like I've, always, I've always thought you know, just like Bill, my impression of you is just, you know, pretty – uh, you know, straightforward guy, just riding the wave. I mean, yeah. I haven't uh, seen you, you know, on too much like highs. I, well, I, I didn't take like Adderall. High to, low. I didn't take Adderall to party. You know what I mean? It's like I okay. never, I never do drugs. Like I do drugs sometimes. Like I'll, I'll party at festivals and stuff like that. But I don't like. I'm not like a consistent partier. I was taking Adderall oh. because it made me. I felt like it was making me more productive. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I try and keep my composure the best that I can. But so nobody saw me like really lash out in those ways. Um, at least not in public, but in my mind, it was definitely a bad situation. Well, no, so we weren't hanging out with you when you're coming down. No, no, I was <laughs> no, probably I was on it, and um, among many other things. Yeah. So you know what I mean. <laughs> Anyways, um, guys, it's been a great podcast. Oh man, this is just getting. We're just we're done. I wish y'all don't want to do thirty to. more like Alex and uh, uh, Joe. We could, oh, bro, Come we on, could, I can keep this fucking going all night. I feel like we need. I feel like we need another episode with you. To we be do, honest, we will do another one. We can do a, We can do a part for, two another you know time. Because it was just so much fun. I was. I was really looking forward, um, mainly to just hang with y'all. Yeah. And I was like, this, this is like we were talking about at the beginning. This is something we don't get to do all the time. Yeah, totally. We just sit down and talk and hang out. So I'm really glad you guys are continuing to do this. And it's so cool that y'all had me on. So thanks again. Yeah, man. Thank you for being on. And make sure you're checking out Brady's new shit coming out. Well, it'll be out by the time yep. this airs. But make sure you're checking out Available Spotify now. and Apple Music and yep. everything, right? Yep. Any Anywhere the music is sold. Uh, daydreaming. FYE. Yep. FYE. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> I don't have uh, those anymore. Um, and make sure you check us out November 21st, 1904 Music Hall. Get your tickets now while you still can. That's right. I'm going to be opening up. It's a, you open up the show? Yep. It's oh, going to be. Oh, you just offer your services for free. I just, <laughs> Love that. Oh, Brady Bray plays for ticket, free, by the way. It's a ticketed event. Yeah, I'm not cutting you in, bro. He's going to be, he's gonna be <laughs> outside give, the venue I'll, I'll give you, bro, opening up if, some If bottles. you sell some pre-sales, I'll give you $2 every pre-sale you if, sell. If um, anybody makes go. it to the end of this video and they mention this, I'll pay for the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, kids. We'll see you next week. Adios, muchachos. <laughs> Thanks, guys.